Berg. Doesn't matter for Lev. He can't do any damage control in the eyes of Steelers fans. His, if he acted like Heath Miller and then this was going down, he might have a, a leg to stand on with the fans. But the fact that he's been rapping about how much money he wants... Heath's a bad example because there's... Yeah, that's as soon as you said that the first thing that went in my mind is a Heath Miller rap album, and I'm just <laughs> having a hard time picturing that right now. He's it's, hanging out with Wiz. the most milk it's, toast album ever. It's just silent with him thanking people. Yeah. <laughs> the humblest rapper ever to do it. Just want to thank my mom and dad. Yo, I couldn't be this great without a lot of people around me supporting me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. Yeah, let's take a look at the weather today in the Channel 11 Weather Center. What's going on? Currently, it is uh, 68 degrees at DVE. A gas leak is being blamed for the evacuation of several homes in Aetna Tuesday. The leak happened on Butler Street between Center and Isabella Streets. Officials say the homes were only evacuated as a precaution. Cannonsburg, a free shredding event, is being held this weekend. Saturday morning, residents can bring up to two boxes of sensitive information to the police office on the first block of East Pike Street to shred. Oh, that's oh, nice. Oh, that's very nice. Guys, you're shredding Let's there. Have or- a shredding pardon. Yeah. <laughs> that's, Not that a was- pardon. Party. Well, some people who are looking for pardons may want some things shredded. Organizers say the event is intended to help combat identity theft. Aha. Somebody was posing as me. Not it was an identity theft. Oh, they, really? They created an online persona, and we're out, they're out in California, and they're trying to get free stuff. Come on! In the media, yeah, they were saying they remember the media, and they were looking to cover an event, and they were looking for like free stuff to like, uh, like big uh, culinary events and movie events and stuff like that. Did they catch the guy? I mean, who knows if it's a guy? You know, don't oh, be yeah. so cyber sexist. Right. Could be a catfish situation where it's a 400-pound uh, black woman. It could be. We, we don't know. You don't, You never know. Maybe she just identifies as you. Maybe. I mean, I really shouldn't be so quick to judge. That'll be the next thing. <laughs> don't judge. Somebody takes your identity. Don't judge them. Be flattered. <laughs> Justin Hartley is offering up some hints about what he discovers on his trip to Vietnam in season three of NBC's This and uh, This Is Us. In a recent interview, do you watch This Is Us, by the way? I watched a few episodes of the first season, yes. Is it just called, like, sit down and cry? Shouldn't it that was be... uh, pretty emotional. Yeah, it's pretty serious. Pretty heavy. In a recent interview, Hartley, who plays Kevin Pearson, said what he learns about his deceased father's Jack's time in Vietnam is, quote, super heartbreaking and shocking. As for his character's budding relationship with his new girlfriend, his sister-in-law, his sister-in-law's cousin, Zoe, Hartley is remaining tight-lipped. This Is Us returns to NBC for season three on September 25th. I started watching it because there was all the Pittsburgh stuff in it. I'm like, look, right. there's all this reference to the 70s Steelers, and then I just found out that that was a very uh, small blip on the radar in between the, the cries. It's a soap opera set in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Yeah. Denise Richards is officially confirmed to join the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Richards will join Lisa Vanderpump, Kylie Richards. You know, I'm starting to think Joe, who put this together, is a big fan of like reality the TV? reality television show. I can't genre. believe there's nothing about the Shaws of Sunset in there. <laughs> is that still on? I'm disappointed. I don't know. Well, I'll have to ask my mom. Richards will join Lisa Vanderpump, Kylie Richards, Lisa Rinna, Erica Girardi, Teddy Mellencamp, 
Arroyave. I don't know how you say that. Dorit Kemsley. Who has names like this? Teddy Mellencamp. That doesn't this sound like like the most exclusive summer camp that somebody could go to? Yes. You're, it's the Vanderpumps. You're bunking with Dorit in the Buckley tent. Uh, Richards confirmed her participation by saying she's excited to join the cast while adding that she's a huge fan of the show. Season 9 is expected to premiere later this year. Denise Richards, she was the one in, uh, what was that, like, uh, super hot movie? Wild Thing. Yeah. Yeah. That was a good one. You know what? I my mom watches all those shows, The Real Housewives of mm-hmm. wherever, and I and I've told her specifically, I think it's maybe the worst thing for her because all those shows are are bitchy women confronting other bitchy women. <laughs> like they're like, "Oh, here comes her up to the party. You going to let her ride with this whole thing she's been saying about you?" And then she's like, "You know I'm not." Give me that glass, girl. Fireworks about to happen, and then, and then boom. So I'm like, that doesn't happen in real life. You can't just go around confronting everyone in, in the real world. Right. It's it's uh, it's a bad motivator. Yes. Yeah. See, that's what happens when I talk to my sister. I will tell her about what's going on, like what I got going on, and she just is she's so hardcore about whoever I'm dealing with. She'll be like, no, 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 no. That person is trying to screw you. Here's what's happening. You know, they're doing this, this, and the other thing. Like mostly, like in the in the like home improvement world and stuff like that. Because she's very good at that stuff, and I don't know anything. So yeah. if I'm getting anything done in my house, and they're all trying to screw me, and she gets me fired up, and I get in a fight with this person, and they're like, "Where's this coming from?" And I'm like, "My sister. My sister just told me you're trying to screw me." <laughs> Former Kiss guitarist Vinnie Vincent is filing trademark applications for Vinnie Vincent's Kiss. Sources say Vincent, using his birth name, Vincent Cusano, filed two applications with the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office on July 23rd, one for entertainment in the nature of live performances and the other for printed matter. Vincent recently announced his first concert in over three decades will take place December 7th in Memphis and will feature music from both Kiss and his own band, Vinnie Vincent Invasion. That's a bad-sounding name for a band right now. Vinnie Vincent Invasion. Are you talking about hashtag me too? Uh, just no, just yeah. everything. Yeah, just invasion. Can I come over? It's Vinny Vincent. That might be a better one. <laughs> right. <laughs> Can, will you consent to my arrival? <laughs> Judas Priest frontman Rob Halford is taking or is talking rather about LGBTQ rights and coming out as gay back in 1998. In a recent interview, the man known as the Metal God... Wait, was he only gay in 1998? Yeah, just for a year. He tried it out. Mm. He said things, unfortunately, haven't changed much <laughs> since then. He went on to say that LGBTQ community still has to figure out a lot in terms of equality. He said he can't believe that there has, hasn't been some kind of change, adding that we've still got a long way to go. I always thought that that was like such a testament to metal fans that... You know, I think the perception was, well, they're a bunch of like, you know, long hair, jean jacket having headbangers. They'll probably be bigots and everything. But none of them jumped off the Judas Priest bandwagon. They're like, oh, he's gay. Oh, and he used uh, S&M fashion and brought it into the mainstream of metal culture. And now I'm wearing S&M stuff. Oh, wait, is it? Is that what this is? You mean these assless chaps and these spiked gloves? Have another use? Oh, man. That's cool. I love Judas Priest. 
That's my favorite thing. They didn't, you know. Stayed loyal. You'd think they'd be ripping the posters off their walls and crying no. and like, you betrayed me. Didn't happen. I bet. I mean, that didn't happen with Queen either, did it? No, but I mean, they were named Queen. Everybody knew right away. I mean, you were really? either on board with that or well, you weren't. But I mean, like, wasn't it, like, it wasn't completely out and everybody knew that George Michael was gay. No, and yet all the clues John, were there. Or even Liberace. Liberace, yeah, he, I mean, it wasn't hard to know. Right, but, I mean, there was a lot of fabulousness going on in uh, in music and, but you know, especially bands and things. They were like, oh, well, he's just eccentric. Well, I've told you the story before about my aunt, who was a big Clay Aiken fan, and uh, it was right around the time that he was about to come out as gay, and um, she was, like, a- asking me for tickets for a Pittsburgh show, and I was like, Clay Aiken. I'm like, oh, okay. And she's like, I, I'm in love with him. I mean, she I was a claymate. am in love with him. I'm like, you know he's gay, right? And she lost it on me. I mean, she flipped out. He's not gay. He is not. Because I was breaking her illusion up. You know, that one day they would be together. And she, she goes, oh, no. maybe you're gay. You ever think of that? And I was like, yeah. I mean, I, it was a quick thought. Like, uh <laughs> Mostly just because I thought Brad Pitt was good looking in uh, <laughs> in uh, the River movie, River Runs Through It. I'm like, does that make me gay? No, I'm good. Okay. She's like, it was actually at a Judas Priest concert. I asked myself very briefly, and I was like, no, he's gay. That's yeah. And then and she and I asked be- my boyfriend, "Am I gay?" And he she- was like, no. <laughs> She had to be devastated when he came out on the cover of the, I think it was People magazine, I did. with the headline, I'm gay. I thought it said super gay. Oh, did it? <laughs> no. <laughs> he had a cape on. I'm super gay. <laughs> super gay. <laughs> I don't know if she was really upset about it, though. I know that much. Well, that was her opinion of gay people, maybe. That she had to confront. Well, yeah, she like there may she have been some negative. homophobia, but it was more. I think I was breaking up her the possibility in her mind. I was breaking up the fantasy. Yeah, you know, like you know, the more legitimacy you have to a fantasy, I guess, the better it is. The more that there's a likelihood, you know. Sure. And once I was saying, "Well, that'll never happen," I really cut to the quick with her. Um, rest her soul. I told you when she passed away, the bunch of claymates showed up from all over the country that she was friends with, like just from chat rooms. Totally creepy. Wow. Super creepy. And then my dad thought it was really funny that they were there. The rest of us were like super annoyed, but my dad thought that we all thought it was funny, and he invited them all over to the house. <laughs> oh, no. So all these strangers were walking around, and they were just taking pictures so that they could post it on a blog later. I have to imagine those people are very nice, though. No. They were obsessive, weirdo. Oh, dude. No. Do you imagine telling yeah, your family people that love Clay Aiken? I don't. Uh, I don't think oh. I wouldn't be scared of those people. Tell you some of the stuff they put in those chat rooms, Bill. I don't go in those chat rooms. I want you to just spend five uh-uh. minutes in uh-uh. a Clay Aiken claymate fantasy chat room today. All right, fine. And report back tomorrow. Thanks. I'll and report the new- back tomorrow. I'm gay. <laughs> Super gay. 
I mean, this is right out of Seinfeld. The hospital in Maryland reported a woman to the authorities alleging she had opiates in her system, and now the woman is sharing her story. This past spring, Elizabeth Eden was at the hospital and in labor when the doctor came into the room and told her she had been tested positive for opiates and that he had reported her to the state because she was pregnant. Turns out that Eden had a poppy seed bagel for breakfast that day. Oh. Poppy seeds come from the poppy plant, and opium is made from the sap of that plant. All it takes is for someone to consume just a teaspoon of poppy seeds to falsely test positive for drugs. Eden says her baby had to stay in the hospital for five days while a caseworker investigated. In the end, her poppy seed defense was accepted, and the caseworker closed the file. So that's good. How many drug addicts are trying to use that? No, it was a. I was had a bowl of poppy seeds this morning. Why? <laughs> what? What came up? Positive. On the way for you a little bit later on this morning, uh, John Dick Winters and Alex Appeal will be here in the 6 a.m. hour with Point Counterpoint. Today is the Earth Flat. Ray Fittipaldo will talk Steelers-Eagles. Uh, they're getting underway tonight. 7 o'clock, I believe, is the kickoff time for that one, right? And um, also, Stan Saverin will be stopping by the studio. Billy Joel. DVE loves Billy Joel. Billy Joel. You know, every once in a while when we catch the rare bird that is the Yinzer on the news, we like to you do know this what? segment. Yinzer's in the news. But this isn't really a Yinzer's in the news so much as this it's is. close enough. Uh, yeah, it is close. Uh, this is a Yinzer on the net. Yinzer on Reddit. I like it. Okay. I like it a lot. All right. Well, I hope Yinzer you like it. Yinzer on the net. Now, Slack, you brought this to us. And uh, again, uh, if you could uh, explain the circumstances by which this was uh, uh, became viral on Reddit. Yeah, basically what happened was I, I went to Reddit. I like to go to Reddit Pittsburgh just to kind of see what's going on, uh-huh. maybe see if people are trashing us on, on the internet. Sure, or that's always good. Like yeah, right, yeah. Um, and <laughs> the top post on there is, what's the fastest you've ever driven on Bigelow Boulevard? So I click on it. The top comment is, well, this guy says 55, and it's a link to a YouTube video that I've... Uh, that I watched in amazement, yeah, okay. and I had to give you the audio. You look at this. You see the speed limit sign there? 25 miles per hour. This is in on Bigelow Boulevard through Polish Hill here. Look. Speed limit, 25. What the f- Don't you see that damn sign there? Slow the hell down! <laughs> There's probably a good reason that's there like that. Well, at least. I would like to see this road improved. Look, there's no shoulder. There's no way you can bike along here safely. Except on this scungy little sidewalk. <laughs> and then it ends up there in the next light. So what's the deal? Scrunchy. Someone's going to get killed. Oh, that did, Somebody's uh, going to get killed. Killed on this scungy sidewalk. Slow the hell down! <laughs> <laughs> Please just clip that out. We have to just have that. On Slow the, the hell down! Slow the hell down! Slow the hell down! Slow the hell down! Can that guy do our traffic from now on? <laughs> I love the uh, the slowed down. Slow the hell and down. And he should be standing in front of the tunnels going, speed the hell up! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh... Slow the hell down! Slow the hell down! It's the DVE Morning Show. 
Randy Bauman along with Bill Crawford. You know, it's been a while since we've welcomed our friends, Pittsburgh comedians and uh, former roommates. Are you current roommates? or No longer. No, no longer. I, his we parents broke would up. let me move oh, in. Oh, man. Oh, man. I'm really sorry to hear Sad. it. It didn't continue on. When I moved Alex back in with his parents, I tried to stay and no. They weren't having it. <laughs> well, we're glad to welcome you back this morning because we were talking uh, about uh, doing this segment like this for a while. And basically what we'd like to do is since the two of you seem to be on opposite ends of the spectrum on a lot of things, then it'd be a good idea to do a segment we call Point Counterpoint, in which we offer a topic for you guys to bandy about, bandy with one another about. And uh, today's topic, I thought uh, a good one to start on would be... Good one to bandy on. Good to bandier beginning bandy i like when you've never heard a word before then you hear it like 14 times in a row <laughs> where do you hear this bandy well this will be some top-notch bandying folks <laughs> i don't know about top-notch but today's uh point counterpoint the earth is flat or the earth is round contextualize it how you want but there has been a resurgence in flat earthers in this country in particular it seems to be that uh, a lot of people have embraced the debate that the accepted science for centuries now is all <laughs> hogwash and the earth is in fact flat. Uh, John. Yes, sir. I offer to you uh, the, the starting salvo here to throw down, to make a point towards the theory that the earth is indeed round. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm supporting that the uh, the earth is round. But really, uh, my point, my, all my perspective comes from, who cares? Like, uh, <laughs> like I don't, like, if I found out tomorrow, like, the, for a fact that the earth was flat, I just wouldn't care. Like, uh, for a long time, for hundreds of years, we believed that the earth was flat. And if you thought otherwise, uh, you were murdered. <laughs> that is correct. But now, yeah. now we all accept that the earth is round, but if you don't believe the earth is round and you do think it's flat you just put it on facebook and then everyone makes fun of you except for your uncle dave and then that's it. that's all that happens so who even cares mm. but uncle i do dave believe is like, that's that is, what i've been saying yeah but that's... i do believe that the earth is is round okay well, not the strongest opening statement towards a round earth no, but pretty, pretty no strong. it was really bad uh but <laughs> we will uh we'll offer uh, uh alex Tapula now the chance to counterpoint all right look at it this way the earth is flat I never really thought we, of that. Wow. We, do, we done <laughs> Man, here? That was powerful. <laughs> well, I don't. I. I mean, I, how, who's the, how can you not be afraid of getting murdered? Fourteen thousand people were murdered last year for believing the Earth was flat. Where's that statistic pulled from? <laughs> Anywhere you look. <laughs> that doesn't seem legit. <laughs> you see, if anywhere you look, it's flat, <laughs> right? What about when it's not, though? Like uh, when it's often not. Like we're, we don't live in a flat city. Peaks and valleys, sure, whatever. It's a common misconception. Listen, <laughs> if the earth is round, how come God doesn't play basketball with it? Because <laughs> he's a white guy. That's a good point, actually. Oh, speaking of, that, that's I'm very, like, very good. Wow. But speaking of basketball, <laughs> uh, as far as a, a point to the earth being round, uh, Shaq believes that the earth is flat. And uh, Shaq is not bright. That's true. Number 30 is correct. You're number, not, oh, number 32. You're not uh, in great company. Listen, I know you're kind of tall, but he's a lot taller than you, so he can see further to know that the earth is, in fact, flat. <laughs> <laughs> I do have to concede some of these very good points. 
he's he's I a mean, good eight inches taller than me. Yeah, that's a whole different perspective, there. isn't it? Well, you're but you're so much shorter though, so you should really believe that the Earth is round though. So I get on people's shoulders. You've never gotten on my shoulders one time. I've tried to. <laughs> you have tried. I've never let it happen. That's kind of, that's kind of on this. me. Uh, well, Alex, how would you explain uh, f- the flight paths that airlines have to take, which account for the curve in the Earth's surface, uh, circumference? I mean, well, it's convenient that the airlines would be in on the conspiracy. <laughs> <laughs> they they, they get government money to do that. No, <laughs> to do what? They, to go to, to fly in to circles. To do a curve, fly in a curve. <laughs> <laughs> They're subsidized. They're subsidized. To keep to perpetuate the lie that the Earth is. So you're saying that they get paid per mile, but if they curve it, they get they go. They further. get extra. They get that little curve. Whatever that math math isn't real either. Really. So do you? Believe, <laughs> wait, hold on. Math wait, isn't on. real. That this is crossing over into something else. Yeah. Um, do you think that the oceans are all like an infinity pool? Yep. Yeah, okay. that's one point. Like, how does the water stay in? Is Earth just oh, like, it's a, like big, a bucket? Is the Earth just like a big tank? <laughs> like like a Earth shallow... is just one giant Sea World attraction that yeah. God looks at through the side and taps on the glass and it's like a shallow bucket. <laughs> a shallow, it's like, but it's a shallow bucket because it's flat on top. It's like a kiddie pool. Okay, with some uh-huh. land filled in. I mean, this is all basic stuff. <laughs> Listen, well, why, me... what about the shadow on the moon's surface? What about it? The shadow of the Earth that is round. Interesting point. But not a great one. Because? Because they project shadows up, shadow people. (laughs) You ever heard of shadow people? Sure, I have. Well, there's a bunch of them on the moon, and they collect together in a circle. That's settled. (laughs) They all stand together in one big circle, and that explains. What about shadows? Uh, and sticks. If you stick a stick in the ground, it produces a shadow. The oh. shadow moves as time oh. passes, right? Well, I never said w- the like, sun uh, wasn't real. What? <laughs> <laughs> but like, if the world had been flat, if you put two sticks in different locations, they would produce the same shadow, but that's not how it works. Isn't it? <laughs> I don't know. I've how never is, stuck two you, sticks. Like, I'm starting. I think Alex has convinced me. Uh, I, think, I put uh, a stick here. I put a stick there. Yeah, same you, shadow. you can't be in two different spots on the earth with the same stick. You can't I mean, that's just that. that's bad science. I think I'm actually, I think I've been converted. Give me 500 good reasons the earth is round. That's a lot. I, I don't need, need to. I <laughs> probably can't even give me 400. What about the picture that people take from space where it, it, it's round? You think we went to space? <laughs> <laughs> okay, this may be the problem. <laughs> Alex Apula. Are you going to tell me that FDR didn't do 9-11? What? <laughs> <laughs> the, yeah, again, was, we may need to look for it. on it. Nine yeah, Eleven was the, the the part of the New Deal that no one likes to talk about. Yeah, it was the newest part of the deal. <laughs> <laughs> Pittsburgh Comics, Alex Sapula and John Dick Winters. You can see uh, them uh, performing here in town and all over the country. But uh, where are you guys going to be uh, soonest? Uh, this Saturday at Arcade Comedy Theater, Danny Palumbo is back in town. Ah, uh, yes. Beautiful. 9 p.m. on Saturday. Cool. So, And skip that show to go to Handbones at 10, where I will be with Anthony Kaffer from New York. Ah, yes, Amazing. battling one another. You know, oh if the earth were flat, you'd be able to see Handbones from the Arcade Comedy Theater. And you can. <laughs> <laughs> DVE Sports. Well, Tim Enns is here filling in for Mike Pursuit with your sports, and we were just talking off the air about uh, the hard knocks on HBO, which we will review in full at 745. But 
Boy, it is... Uh, You're it, hurting me on this because I'm saving these sound uh, bites now. Now I have to let them you know, sit there and bake for a little while longer. <laughs> yeah, it <laughs> is uh, remarkable how that one hour look into this preseason for the Cleveland Browns looks nearly exactly how I thought it would. Yeah. They have no idea what they're doing. Players don't want to be there. Coaches don't want to be there. I mean... <laughs> No, that's what they no, but they're saying they all want to be there. Six I years. Want to be here. Six years. It's like Pittsburgh turned Todd Haley into a villain of some sorts. He goes to Cleveland, and yeah. within one episode, he's the protagonist. Yeah. He's the hero. He's the shining light. He's the one that makes sense. This poor Todd Haley sucker. What did he get himself into? When is he going to get the team? <laughs> that's right. When Hugh Jackson looks at you and makes you look like the idiot, when you're the one that has. 18 less games than Todd Haley has won in the seat next to you, and you're the one talking down to him? Now you know why that team is that team. This is my team. I mean, Todd he Haley... probably just jumped in the lake and then never returned. T- Todd Haley brought up the very reasonable point of, hey, maybe we should uh, make our players practice. Yeah. <laughs> we got a long journey ahead of us. Maybe the guys being in their uniforms and uh, out there for practice is a good thing. And then, is it because those guys are hurt? No. No, I just don't want them practicing all the time. I, I want to save them. It's a long season. Oh, because we don't know what the hell we're doing out there. Duke gets his hamstrings pulled sometimes. That was my favorite line of the yeah. whole thing. But, yeah, that that's coming up later. We'll start with the Steelers now oh. since they've got pre- they've got a lot of guys who didn't practice either, by the way, just for the record so far. And a lot of them won't be playing tonight in preseason game number one. But the game is here on DVE at 7 o'clock against the Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles. Be listening at 3 o'clock pregame with me and Rob King and Dale Lally up until 5. Network at 5 o'clock with Labs, Dulac, and Pursuta out in Philadelphia. First look. At Mason Rudolph, in all likelihood, according to Mike Tomlin, he's going to try to get the other three quarterbacks not named Ben Roethlisberger some action here and there, and why not? Rudolph says one of the biggest challenges he's had thus far adjusting from college to the pros is looking at all those linebackers and secondary guys and how fast they get from point A to point B and how they're in the right spot all the time. I'd say, you know, my probably first OTA practice, you could definitely see a little bit of a jump in, 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 in the speed of the game and, and uh, you know, the, the change of direction, the, the, you know, the, just the movements of the defensive players, you know, and being in their spots all the time, being in the right spot and, and just moving fast. But I'd say, you know, I'd say mentally for me it's been tough. Well, if a quarterback is saying that the defensive guys are in the right spot all the time, well, damn it, that's the most encouraging thing I've heard about right. the Steelers' defense in a long time. Yeah. So whether he knows where they're supposed to be or not, he's getting the sense that they are, and uh, that's encouraging from a Pittsburgh point of view. Meanwhile, he's trying to track down Landry Jones for the backup quarterback job. Uh, Landry talks about competition in the QB room behind Ben Roethlisberger. That's kind of like what it is for a backup quarterback. They're going to bring someone in every year. It doesn't matter if they draft a guy or they do someone in free agency. That's such a hard, like, loaded question. I mean, you feel like you d- you have, but it's just like... Anytime they bring anybody in, there's always that sense of anxiety about, am I going to have a job and make a team, you know, that, those type of things. And, of course, there's Josh Dobbs, who's in the quarterback mix as well. In all likelihood, though, you'll see Landry back up Ben Roethlisberger, and then Mason Rudolph will probably get an extended redshirt year, so to speak, in the NFL. Randy Feetner, offensive coordinator on Rudolph, having to move around a lot in practices thus far. He's been playing behind, you know, 
third and fourth string offensive mm-hmm. linemen who will be bagging groceries next week, as the cliche goes. And uh, Feetner says, you know what, that's not so bad. We kind of like to see him on the move a bit. Yeah, well, I mean, that's football, though. And, and that's obviously good evaluation opportunity, and that's what the preseason is going to be like. Um, so if nothing else, it's been a great preparation for him, and he won't see one snaps for a long time. Uh, we'll evaluate when that time comes. Um, but he's working, and he's doing a nice job. Yeah, I don't see him being ready to do much of anything right for the first couple weeks of the season, but I think he's going to be good, though. Uh, at least as a Roethlisberger backup, and if he is the success to Roethlisberger, I got faith in that plan because I got faith in him. Mm-hmm. I, I think he's, I've heard Pursuita talk about this as a guy, a beacon, when it comes to who <laughs> he can be like just to talk to and be a leader, and he's got all the intangibles right there. Good deal. Um, now we'll see if we can actually play the game. Right. As for the uh, Pirates, <laughs> they played the game pretty well yesterday. Chris Archer did at least 4-3 win in Colorado. His first victory since getting traded to the Pirates. Almost got his head taken off by a line drive early in the game. Made a couple nice plays off the mound, though. Showed his athleticism after pitches. Felipe Vasquez got the save. Adam Frazier, the hero. Three hits, a defensive gem in the eighth to help the Bucks wiggle out of a jam. They take two of three versus Colorado. Up next at San Francisco with Andrew McCutcheon. We think for four games, unless he gets traded, now that we're beyond the waiver deadline, he's still out there as a trade candidate. Pirates are seven and a half back of the Cubs in the Central and five back of Atlanta in the wild card with three other teams to pass before they get to the Braves, who currently have the last wild card spot. And just quickly back to football to wrap up here. Keep an eye. There are 10 other games in the National Football League tonight for week one of the preseason. Two things to watch. How's that helmet rule going to come into play? And do we care about police brutality on the sidelines? And do we kneel during the National Anthem in the preseason? Or are we saving our caring for the regular season? Or do people get outraged in the preseason? Or is it just... Right. Are you just practicing your outrage tonight? Exactly. Is there practice foe outrage over who sits and kneels and who stands and does not and all that? I have no doubt this is going to be the (laughs) most... Bat bleep crazy NFL season ever. Like Rule just, changes. I think yeah. that the anthem oh, yeah. stuff, it, everyone, it was going away, I believe. I believe it wouldn't have been as big of a splash. And now I think it'll be bigger than ever. Also, and because, Philly definitely has some guys yeah. that, that kneel. Mm-hmm. And it is a culture in which we need to create content. And what better way to create content than nonstop articles about this and people, it'll never die. I think you're right, though. I think you're onto something here. Like, Fox News should have all their backup anchors on tomorrow morning. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's their time to shine. All their backup commentators should comment on the third stringers kneeling or standing. There you the go. Anthem. Yeah. How do you all express the starters your take the day off. You gotta it's take, not, morning Joe, you get the day off. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, it should be, yeah, it should be like morning Joe Jr. <laughs> <laughs> morning cup of tea. Morning cup of tea. <laughs> morning spot tea. There you go. Morning latte. <laughs> Tim Benz filling in for Mike Pursuta with a sports update for you. Uh, John Dick Winters and Alex Apula, Pittsburgh comedians, uh, will stop by for a new segment, Point Counterpoint. Uh, today's Point Counterpoint, the earth is flat. We'll find out where they fall on this matter. Also, Ray Fittipaldo for the Post-Gazette with uh, pregame uh, of tonight's big matchup between the Steelers and the Eagles. By the way, 3 p.m. is when we start our coverage here on the flagship station of the Pittsburgh Steelers 102.5 DV. The gym I have has a, a steam room, but uh, I'm pretty sure it hasn't been cleaned since Myron Cope was in there oh. yeah. in, this, in the late, late 70s. Disease. You're going to get it. Yeah, definitely getting Legionnaire's disease in that thing. I don't. I, I had a bad experience at a steam room once, and I, I just won't go back. It was like, like Bob Airy? Uh, kind of. Like John Travolta yeah. was in there? Travolta? It was like hey, I couldn't hey, see anything, and then when I could, it was just 
all the guys were naked in there. And I was like, God, God. I'm trying to picture Myron in a steam room. <laughs> what sort just, of toxins were getting sweated out there? Uh, just half like, of it was steam, half of it was cigarette smoke. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you shouldn't smoke in here, Myron. I think that kind of crosses out the wow, effect. Sure is steamy in here. That's not steam. That's <laughs> it's smoke. Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. It is the DVE Morning Show. Val is off this week, and so we've been, uh, you know, doing our best here. Uh, but I stink at doing the news, so we're so glad that Gabriella DeLuca. I got it right, right? Yes, that's right. right. Uh, from uh, WPXI is here filling in for Val with the news. Your first time on the show. It is my first time. I'm very excited about it. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. It's so easy. And you're going to be like, these dopes get paid to come in and do this. <laughs> I like the vibe. It seems very low key. Yeah, we it don't is. really care about anything. Actual factual accuracy, not important. Nope. That's yeah. A little bit different than, like, you know, what we do. Doing the news? What what, what I do. Yeah, that's fine. No, you don't have to be so precise here. If something doesn't fit a narrative that you agree with, go ahead and change it. Sounds good. I like that. So, uh, Gabriella, we're going to take a look over at the uh, Channel 11 Weather Center with your friends over there. Who's doing the uh, weather today? Who do we got? Well, let's find out. Yeah, Scott Harbaugh with your weather there. Your, uh, Your coworker. It's 68 degrees right now. Good guy. Love Scott. Scott's the best, right? So nice. I know. And he we always seems like a nice guy. We he talk really over is. his pre recorded uh sometimes, weather all the time. Bill sometimes. does. I don't really talk over. Well, it's ever. because you think he's actually there. I have to yeah. tell you that he's not. It's like the guy oh, in the hey, elevator. Scott, I have to tell you that's you? a recording, Bill. Oh, that's Nobody's not actually you. here right now. Yeah. All right, fine. He's the best. All right, what do you got going for us? Okay. Richard Gere. Mm-hmm. Is he going to be a dad again at sixty nine years old? That's oh, a big man. question. This isn't official yet, but sources claim that Richard Gere's wife, Alejandra Silva, is pregnant. She's 35, but Richard, he's going to turn 69 on the 31st of this month. That's old. I think it's okay, old. For if, to be a dad, I mean. Oh, okay. If his wife was that age, that I would be concerned. <laughs> um, I don't know if that's I would be impressed. No, I don't, yeah. Yeah, I, I think uh, guys can have babies when they're old guys. Yeah, all right, like the Gary actual ability. Yeah, the ability to do it is one thing. Should you is the other. Oh, yeah. No, you shouldn't. Billy Joel has uh, a newborn baby. And he's like in his late 60s. Does Mick Jagger have a new baby? I don't know, but he does. Does he really, Joe? Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, Richard Gere already has an 18-year-old son. So he had that kid when he was 51. That That was precedent. You just don't want to be the old guy at the soccer game. Like, ah, which one's your grandkid? You're like, actually, that's <laughs> that, my son. That's my he son. be able to go out and play with them. Right. Right. Well, he's still in shape, isn't he? I would think. Look, I mean, and the only thing you can say to the kid is, no, I can't play catch with you, but boy, you're going to make a lot of money when I die, <laughs> right. which should be soon. Yeah. <laughs> I've hired a guy to play catch with you. He's a great guy. <laughs> this is my stuntman. Call him dad. Yeah, I haven't seen Richard Gere in a movie in a while. Yeah, me neither. He's been in a lot of good ones, though. Primal Fear is still one of the most underrated movies ever. The Ed, Nor- Ed Norton's debut. Did you ever see that movie? No, but I've seen Runaway Bride. Oh, uh, see? <laughs> and that's just as Two good. levels of Richard Gere. Yeah. This is why he's- Pretty ha- Woman. My yeah. sister watched that movie about 700 times. Yeah, I don't I, I, I don't remember everything about Pretty Woman, but I remember I, I you had to see it. It Growing was such up- a cultural, like- uh, uh, I don't know. What's the word I'm looking for there, Bill? Uh, I don't know. It was a huge movie. My mom wouldn't let us watch it when we were little. See, that's good momming. Because <laughs> yeah, because it's a, it, it's uh, sympathetic to prostitutes. <laughs> right. 
I don't want to sound unsympathetic. <laughs> no, I'm sympathetic to prostitutes. But but it's mainly because a pretty woman. It was more it was more than yeah. a glorified prostitution. It wasn't that it was just sympathetic. It wasn't like, oh well, you know, I hope you know, we, we should make things as safe as possible for uh prostitutes. It was more like, you know what the best life is? Being a prostitute. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah, it made you want to be one. Right. Or at least fall in love with one. No, and here's the thing. Watch Evil Genius on Netflix and check out the life of Jennifer Hoopsick and see if that's something that you'd want to uh, go into. Wait, yeah, is that no, the thank eerie you. thing? Yeah. I yeah, started it and then never got to finish it. Oh, but... Let me, let me uh, spoiler, spoiler alert. alert. It's completely depressing and <laughs> will make you not want to invest in downtown Erie. But Good to know. It's a <laughs> false representation that on the all of Erie isn't hoarders and crack using uh, prostitutes. I'd like to point out it's my hometown. Just uh-huh. most of it. No, what? <laughs> no, no, not even that. No. What? Here's what no. I say about it: is that the reason there are so many hoarders in Erie is that there's so much cool stuff. You just don't want anybody else to have it. <laughs> mm. I yeah. played soccer up there a lot growing up, but oh yeah, I've been back since. Well, yeah, it's uh, fallen on harder times. The point is this: Richard Gere shouldn't have a baby. <laughs> yeah, back to, back to the point here. I still maintain my original point. <laughs> Richard Gere, you should be done. Okay, so next one. I, I actually read about this yesterday. Brad and Angelina. Their situation is getting uglier by the minute. After Angelina accused Brad of not paying child support, Brad filed papers of his own saying he's given her plenty, including $1.3 million in support and an $8 million loan so she could buy the house she currently lives in. Oh, man. He also accused her of trying to increase conflict between them and manipulate media coverage. Yeah, I am so shocked that crazy Angelina Jolie has ended up having a crazy post-marriage situation. <laughs> her lawyer quit. I know, I did see that. It's hard to not be on Brad Pitt's side because he's always seemed like he's been pretty cool and rational. And while she's done some great things, it seems like her emotional pendulum can swing to extremes pretty quickly. But I will say, like, you know, we see this celebrity gossip all the time. Like, I Uh will always click on a Brad and Angelina story. Oh, yeah. Always. Like, I want to know what's going on. I want to know the latest. And in her defense, like, all those kids would make anybody crazy. So if she's the (laughs) one taking care of them all the time... That's that's, good, that's a lot. That's a good point. There are a few. She, you know, there's she's got like the UN at her house. And it depends what character he's most like in all of his movies. Like it, you know, if he's like the Ocean's 11 guy, always eating. Always eating. That would be good. <laughs> what is that decision he I'm giving made? Giving you support. Why is he always eating in that? What are you talking about? That's like Josh Brolin in the movie W. They decided to make George W. Bush always eating. Mm-hmm. So when you watch that movie, the Oliver Stone movie W, Josh Brolin is always eating as the president. Never pretzels, though, right? No, that's the, okay, no. I think good. they have that scene in there, isn't oh, they it? Do? There? I think the choking on pretzel scene is in there. <laughs> Anyways, like, look, back to the original CW. point. Richard Gere should not have a kid. <laughs> Just always comes back to that. I think we can all that. agree with that one. <laughs> What's next? Okay, so 10 songs that would make better TV shows than Hey There, Delilah, which I like that song. The Plain White Tees are developing a show based on Hey There, Delilah, even though there isn't much to it other no. than being about a creepy long-distance flirtation between a music and a college student. I think this is <laughs> fake. Yes, this is fake. Entertainment Weekly put out a silly list of songs that would make better TV shows than Hey There, Delilah. So, okay. Okay, some of these songs here. Mm-hmm. Ain't Your Mama by Jennifer Lopez. Ain't Your Mama. It wasn't Martin Lawrence in that? <laughs> I thought that already was a sitcom. No, that was Mama's House. Oh, okay. I Am Your Mama. Okay. This is my house. 
Born to Run by Bruce Springsteen. A working class New Jersey boy in the 1970s looks for love, a fast car, and a way out of the dead end life he's facing as all of his friends fall into lives of crime, shotgun marriages, and more. I like that. That, that, that would be a great show. That would be a great show. Oh, I like this next one. The Boy is Mine by Brandy and Monica. A custody battle unfolds over the course of this eight-episode limited series, which features Cameron <laughs> Diaz in her first TV show. <laughs> there you go. Call bad. Me Maybe. Uh, Carly Rae. Mm-hmm. Didn't she just perform at uh, Lollapalooza? I don't know. Did she? I think she did. I could be wrong about that. Anyways, what do they want the TV show to be? In the year 2021, a group of 20-somethings decide to forego texting and social media, instead only communicating by voice calls. (laughs) Which I have a friend who does that. Who calls? No, no, well, well, voice to text. So, like, he'll just send me messages of, like, what he should text me. And I get that in my... It's Mike Holden from Channel 11. Yeah. So, I did that one time by mistake. I told Bill this story before. I was talking to a friend, and I was like... I was text voice texting, and then I hit the wrong button, which is the thing that records. And I didn't even know that was on my phone because I just updated didn't it. Didn't know that that was a thing you could do. And she was talking about like the new Tom York album at the time. I'm like, oh, that's cool. I'll have to give that a listen. You know, I'm like talking into it because I'm doing voice to talks uh, or voice to text or whatever. That sounds and I'm really like, cool. Exclam- that's, I want to listen. Point. I like the last Radiohead <laughs> record, but not as much as the one before. What did you say the name of that was? And then I hit send, and then that's what she heard, and I was mortified. Because like a robot. Because then I had to talk. Theory. Right. And then I had to talk like that all the time around her. No, that wasn't a mistake. This is just how I <laughs> communicate. Stop. Stop. Period. That sounds fun. All right, what's next? <laughs> okay. Can't Feel My Face by the Weekend. Okay. Frostbite about Strikes an oh, Explorer. Played by Jeffrey Dean Morgan, who's forced to settle in a small town 50 miles outside of Juneau, Alaska. Think a modern-day northern exposure. Sure. I'm in. Me too. I like things that are like based in Alaska. Did you like, what was the Alaska TV in, show? Into the Wild? <laughs> no, not Into the Wild. The TV show, Northern Exposure. No, I didn't. Do you even know what it is? No, I don't. You're too young for Northern Exposure? I watched like all of the like travel shows in Alaska. Oh, Northern yeah. Exposure was a sitcom like set in Alaska in uh, the late 90s with Dana Delaney. Nobody? Am I alone no. on Northern Exposure? Yeah, I'm sorry. Neither of you? That's Never even heard good of Yeah, Val would be totally with you on this. Yes, she would. All right. Okay, don't speak by no doubt. What happens when a family takes a vow of silence? <laughs> it's the quietest show. On TV. Don't speak. Don't speak. Okay, next one. Genie in a Bottle. The CW's reimagining of I Dream of Genie stars Rita Ora as the genie wife of an American military doctor who releases her from an old stereo he found during his second European tour. Boy, I don't know if that would survive in this current culture. The the uh, the I Dream of Genie. Was it was that show incredibly sexist? Uh, yeah, but I mean, every show was <laughs> yeah. back then, you know. Yeah. I mean, basically, that's Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, isn't it? I don't know. I, I dream of Jeannie. I, I don't Jeannie watch, in a bottle. She was I trapped. Know. Was she? Yeah. She was Spoiler kidnapped. alert, dude. I didn't I haven't it's seen Like, that. literally the first scene. You'll be all right. Okay. Yeah. Okay, last one. Hotel California by the Eagles. The owner of a chic hotel, played by Delta Burke, serves pink champagne on ice <laughs> to guests. Burke. Who experience unexplained and unfathomable supernatural occurrences during their stay. 
You know, uh, that could be a good Sunday night HBO show with like a different, like it could be like the new Fantasy Island, or is that mm-hmm. too old of a reference for you guys too? What's Fantasy Island? No, I hate you. News is brought yeah. to you by Xfinity from Comcast this hour. <laughs> Gabriella DeLuca filling in for uh, Val with your news this morning. Uh, coming up a little bit later on, we got Benzie doing sports. The Steelers getting set for the game against the Eagles tonight, a 7 o'clock kickoff in Philadelphia. Of course, we're going to be bringing you all of the coverage starting at 3 o'clock right here on your home of the Black and Gold 102.5. It is the DVE Boarding Show. Randy Bauman and Bill Crawford. Hey, Bill. Hey, Randy. How are you? It's an anniversary of sorts. We missed it yesterday, but I'm not going to let today go by without remembering. I have ha- a feeling it's special. What happened yesterday in 2004, the anniversary of one of the most important moments in modern rock, a day that will forever leave a stain on a city. <laughs> I took that from <laughs> Up Rocks. But... Yesterday was the anniversary of the day that the Dave Matthews Band tour bus emptied their septic tank over the Chicago River. Yes. Do you remember that? There was a bunch of passengers on a boat tour, and the Dave Matthews bus driver unloaded, how about this, 800 pounds of crap. That's a big crap tank. This is what happens when you eat vegan. Yeah. You go to the bathroom quite a bit. 100 sightseers crossed <laughs> under the graded Kinsey Street Bridge on the Chicago River, enjoying a scenic architectural tour when the skies opened up. <laughs> I just imagine. With Dave Matthews. Like the Gateway Clipper. Like, you know, <laughs> yes, you're on a sightseeing mission. You're on the good ship Lollipoop, and all of a sudden, it's just <laughs> it's <chill>. hot brown <laughs> rain. Hop around rain. <laughs> Rangus. <laughs> this is the worst. I mean, I will. N- how could anybody ever forget that? Well, what was the bus driver thinking? Like, you know what? We're over the, the river. Let's just dump all the crap out here. This isn't highly illegal. The bus driver had to pay a $10,000 fine. Do 150 hours of community service and serve 18 months of probation. That's not enough. That's not enough. Not when enough. When you said 10,000, I was like, that's it? Not enough. A hundred people got hit. And there were people who described what it was like, and the odor was making everyone. It was like the uh, lard ass uh, scene in Stand By Me. <laughs> everyone just started everyone barfing. Everyone throwing up. Oh, my God. Can you imagine that? No, I can't. I really can't. Because I've been on some uh, some boat tours, and uh, that that seems like uh, pretty significant. You know, how, like sexual offenders have to go door to door and tell you, like Dave Matthews, before he starts every concert, should have to remind people that they did that, and to be very yeah. careful. Or so, or Were like they- his his uh, tour manager has to like go ahead of the tour to the next city <laughs> and let them know that Dave Matthews is coming. <laughs> So maybe stay off the river that day. <laughs> don't, don't take any riverboat tours. <laughs> stay out of the water. Oh. Dave is coming. Passengers described the downpour of foul-smelling brownish-yellow slurry that ruined their oh clothes, my God. made several of them sick, and sent them to the hospital. I As big of a story as this was, I still think it wasn't big enough. No. No, no one died. But no one will forget bill the day 
Hashtag never forget. That Dave Matthews tour bus dumped 800 pounds of poo on people. How big are the poo tanks? 800 pounds. That thing had to be to the brim. The bass player must have been in it. It's like, guys, we can't go one more time without emptying this thing. <laughs> it is. It's full. Yeah, it's like they're doing some sort of Dave Matthews trick. How far can we get it? What's the over-under? Just bored on a tour bus. Hey, uh, we've got preseason football for you starting tonight. Pittsburgh, your football season kicks off. With the reigning Super Bowl champion, Philadelphia Eagles, 7 o'clock tonight in the city of brotherly love. The uh, Steeler Radio Network has already descended upon our nation's first capital. And we'll start broadcasting 3 p.m. here, the pregame for tonight's show. I saw Mike last night at Pat's. He was at Pat's. King of Steaks, two with relish. He gets mad, but uh, Geno's is good, too. It's okay. I like Pat's better, but Geno's is... It's okay. Yeah. G- well, he says Geno's is like Disney World. It's got all the big lights and the fancy stuff, and Pat says King of Steaks. Like, That's Geno's is if big the movie Big Night... Did you ever see the movie Big Night with the Italian restaurants? The one was legit, and one was, like, trying to just bring in the tourists? No. Well... Geno's is the Tony Shalhoub one. Was it on right after Northern Exposure? There's about 15 listeners who know exactly what I'm talking about, okay? And that's for them. When we come back, Tim Benz filling in with your sports report. And Bill and I, along with Benzie, we'll do a breakdown of episode one of Hard Knocks on HBO. Tremendous. The Cleveland Browns. If I had to script what I thought episode one of their preseason would look like on Hard Knocks, it pretty much would have come in specked out exactly the way yes. this one went down. Yeah, perfectly they written. They are a hot mess. They look the day, like they make the Dave Matthews bus dump look like a field of roses. <laughs> These guys are a hot brown mess. <laughs> that's, Todd, what the, that's, that's what it should be called. Todd Haley comes off as a sympathetic figure. He's right like, away. hey guys, maybe we should make players practice. And their coach goes, that's not how we do things around here. Yeah? You're 1 in 31. <laughs> maybe you should do it different. <laughs> DVE Sports. All right, Mike Pursuit is live. Well, not live, but he well, he is live. Uh, we don't know that. No, that's, that's not been confirmed. He's Let's not run with that yet. In Philadelphia, where he will be broadcasting live later today for the Steelers game. But if Tim- he's alive. Right. Right. Yeah, but Tim Benz is here right now, and he's got your sports uh, on the DVE morning show. And football starts tonight. It's always a slap in the face for the first preseason game, isn't it? It's still early August, and then it hits you, and now we're here, and it's on, and it's going to go until Valentine's Day, we hope. We hope there will be that magic moment when Edmund eats the ribs. <laughs> No, it's not going to happen anymore. And it's when, Charlie now, it's Charlie right? eating the ribs. When, yeah, but Edmund comes back. In my mind, it's... He passed Ed, the rib baton. It's <laughs> He passed the rib. When Edmund would eat ribs, and then you knew you had, you better have all your back-to-school clothes. Exactly, because that's always the last home game, right? right. That's when I break yeah. out my sweaters. Because when I see it, Edmund it eating ribs... It coincides with rib fest. It is. Yeah. That's why he's eating He's not just arbitrarily like, <laughs> I think I'll have ribs. Like, the game, the rib yeah. fest is going on. So, two-minute drill, end of the first half, Heinz Field, right. last preseason game, Charlie goes and gets a water, right. Edmund comes in with the ribs, and then Pomps just calls the action from there. Mm-hmm. That's the yeah. game plan. I mean, you might want to just, you know, start to think about getting 
getting the uh, the storm windows out sure. because that's when the change of season is coming. When Edmund eats ribs. Time to take your so awnings good. down. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I believe there's a song about that, right? Yeah, there yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. Right. So we're <laughs> going to have 3 o'clock. That's when it starts. Uh, right off the hop, we'll get right into it with Dale Lolly and Rob King and me here on DVE. First preseason game of the year, Steelers and Eagles. The Eagles coming off the Super Bowl championship. The defense for the Steelers will not be tested by either one of their top two quarterbacks. Nick Foles probably isn't going to play. Carson Wentz isn't going to play. So it'll be Nate Sudfeld who will be testing your revamped Steeler defense. Then again, I don't think a lot of the Steeler defenders are going to play either because of injury concerns throughout camp. Mike Tomlin on what he's looking for from the D. Uh, Fundamental things. We want to see good pad level. We want to see good hand usage. Uh, We want to see good tackling. We want to see good ball awareness um, on the defensive side. Um, We want to see a guys display an understanding of of the rule changes, particularly in special teams and the point of emphasis. Yeah, ball awareness on defense. Like, make sure it's not over your head to a (laughs) wide-open receiver who's running the other way for a touchdown. That'd be nice. Mm -hmm. Uh, The inside linebacker is very much a point of interest for Steelers fans who will do the best possible job to absorb whatever snaps they can in place of Ryan Shazier. How about this ringing endorsement from defensive coordinator Keith Butler? We'll see uh, how they do. Uh, thus far, you know, there's been some good things and been some bad things, as in all the positions. So, uh, is that going to be a key for us? May or may not. We'll see. <laughs> Overwhelming, isn't wow. it? Wow. Really just full of enthusiasm. Yeah, I was more enthusiastic. I became more enthusiastic about Bostic when I was listening to your guy's show yesterday and you dubbed him Boom Bostic. Well, we didn't. Somebody else gave him that nickname. Oh, yeah, really? They, I thought they, that was your guy's creation. No, you no. should take credit for it because I'm a big fan. All of a yeah. sudden, I'm all about Boom Bostic. They oh, call yeah. him Mr. Boom Bostic. Yeah. Well, if he stinks, we'll come up with a different name for him. But until he doesn't, he's Boom Bostic. And we're counting on him. Matikevich doesn't have a nickname that's as easy. There's no low-hanging well, the fruit there. Dirty there? Red. Oh, Dirty Red's good, right. yeah. Dirty know, Red works. That just sounds bad, Dirty Red though. does not sound great. <laughs> sounds like a, like the like uh, the district attorney is warning people not to use the Dirty Red strain <laughs> of meth that is out there. Uh, Cam Hayward talks about the defensive assignments and why it was such a problem last year for the Steelers and where they need to get better. It's not single out one person, but it's having everyone buy in and understand that we have to be a cohesive unit. Uh, it's a little bit different from offense defense because if an offensive lineman misses a block, a quarterback can make that up. Or a running back can make somebody miss. On um, defense, everybody has to be responsible. There can't be any mishaps. And what Cam is trying to say there is not to single anybody out, but it was all Mike Mitchell's fault. <laughs> what we're saying there. Yes. I think that's what the loose translation that's what I took was. From it. Yeah. Uh, a couple other notes. The Pirates were winners in Colorado, so the Buckos. Uh, Get two out of three in that series. Important series to win with Colorado kind of in the wild card race as well. Pittsburgh wins four to three. Felipe Vasquez saves the game for Chris Archer, who gets win number one as a pirate. Adam Frazier was great. Made a game-saving play in the eighth as well as getting three hits. He's 10 for 21 in August, so he's been on fire since coming back to the big leagues and was pretty good towards the end of July as well. Uh, the highlight of the night, though, in baseball. Did you guys see Silence of the Lambs? We, uh, I mean, of course. Remember course. when they took the death head moth out of the cadaver's yeah. throat? This was worse. Bruce Dreckman, umpire in the Yankees-White Sox game, had to stop the game as a moth flew into his ear canal. Ah! Oh. So they had to stop the game. He had to go into the Yankees' dugout, and the trainer helped him get the moth out of his ear. But there's actual video of it. It's on Deadspin. <laughs> he goes into his own ear no. and pulls the live moth out of his ear. 
And Does it fly it away? away? I think he kind of flicked it away. I don't know if the moth is with us anymore. <laughs> yeah. Much like Pursuit, I well, can't listen, confirm or deny that. I mean, that's he had reason there to kill the moth. I mean, I'm not worried about it. I'm not worried about it at all. It's just well, I would have just that been Star impressed. Trek thing, you know, like when the little thing gets in Captain Kirk's ear canal. Yeah, I see. It. I'm, not, I'm not a Star Trek guy, but I, here's what I would have done. I would have dumped alcohol in there immediately. I would have mur- ah. I would have murdered the moth, drowned the moth. Yeah, with like something that would kill him, a disinfectant of some and sort, and then yanked it out of there. I wouldn't have tried to do it when he's alive because that sound hitting your uh-huh. ear canal. <laughs> What terrifies me more than a moth flying in my ear is how I would react in front of that many people with a moth flying in my ear. I bet these guys are conditioned. Ah! High-pitched screaming all up and down. I'd be just running around. (laughs) Especially if you're the ump in the visiting team's dugout (laughs) and you're acting like a 12-year-old. Get it out! Get it out! Get it out! out. Take it! Yeah, tough to to make any calls after that where you're going to have to... Guys, I can't. I can't call balls and strikes after this. Just go to replay. God. And uh, lastly, if you remember this, you are now officially old. 30 years ago today. Northern Exposure debuted. 29 years ago today. (laughs) uh, Wayne Gretzky was traded from the Edmonton Oilers to the LA Kings 30 years ago today. And I just looked it up on CBC. The headline still, three decades later, the trade that shook a nation. Oh, wow. I, I think the Maple Leaf is still at half-mast. I'm not they, sure. They haven't gotten over it. Well, uh, they have not figured things out in Cl- Cleveland, it, it oh. appears. Hard Knocks, Episode 1. When we come back from this commercial break, we're going to review uh, what was a glorious hour of television, and it, it, it went down pretty much exactly the way you would think it would. Cleveland is... A, a mess. A, a mess. A moth flew into its ear. <laughs> and they're just running around smacking themselves in the head. <laughs> oh, it's so good. All right, we'll do that review of Hard Knocks next. It's Randy Bauman and the DVE Morning Show. Bill Crawford, Tim Benz here. Gabriella DeLuca from uh, Channel 11 filling in with your news for Val this morning. Full house this morning. Full house. Yeah, as we get set for She's the Steelers, a great show. Eagles. Way better than Northern Exposure. Anyways, sorry, go ahead. They're going to reboot Northern Exposure. I bet they will. They got the original moose. They rebooted Twin Peaks. That they did well. did. That did well. That was before Northern Exposure. Was it? So you heard of Twin Peaks? Yeah. I'm not fighting Because they brought it back. Anymore. Look, Hard Knocks is on HBO, and it is hilarious. That's the only show that matters. You don't need to be a football fan to enjoy how bad the Cleveland Brown organization is. <laughs> it's the best comedy on TV. So it opens up with Coach Hugh Jackson driving to the lake. Wait, even before that. It ends with them basically ripping Cleveland's heart out by ripping down the LeBron poster off the building. Yeah, it gives you the context of where Cleveland is after citywide sadness. Winless Browns season. They lose LeBron. They can't, uh, you know, they haven't been in this bad of a situation in a while. They were riding high after the championship. Yeah, they were. And then they went one in 15 and 0 in 16. (laughs) So Coach Hugh takes a dip. To wash away the losing. He, he drives to the lake to wash away all the losses, apparently. Now, I don't think Lake Erie is big enough to wash that stink <laughs> no, off. And no. I don't know if it's oh. properly baptized either. Like, no. you got to go to Superior blessed. for that. You might want to start in the Atlantic to try and wash that stink <laughs> away. Good call. Of 1-31. in 31. And then they, they show the, the players in the airport like getting their bags and stuff and arriving in Cleveland and Baker Mayfield, their $33 million quarterback, is there. And some fans like, dude, Baker, oh, man, can I get a selfie right on? And he's getting 
getting this uh, selfie with him, and the fans like dope. And then I couldn't figure out if he was just calling Mayfield a dope, <laughs> or he saw Antonio Callaway. Yeah, or yeah, he was trying to get Josh Gordon to come over for a picture. Um, but then we learn that Josh Gordon won't be coming around for any pictures nope. for a while. They have a meeting. Again, they are showing so much in yeah. this. You would think that the the owner of the Browns would be like, "Can you not just show them what a mess we are?" Can, can After I, that meeting, they were like, "There were cameras in here." Oh God! So Hugh tells uh, the the assistant coaches, <clears throat> "Guys, Josh Gordon not going to be here at camp uh, for a while. He's going to show up late." And then Todd Haley's like, what's the deal? Why? Why? Did he get hurt on a mechanical bull? Because those things aren't as easy as they look. I'm just saying. It'd be very easy to break a hip on one of those things and suffer an injury that might resemble something that would happen if you were to physically be rebuffed for an offer to attend a swingers party in Cannonsburg. Is that too much information? <laughs> Is Josh Gordon coming or not? Maybe I'm projecting here. This you might know be what? projection. Never mind. So then, Baker Mayfield... Who's a dope, right? For sure. I mean, he is such a like just a hillbilly. This is going to go so awesome for all of us here. He is trying to figure out a place to eat, and he's like, "Bob Evans, they got a Bob Evans here." I didn't know Bob Evans was a chain. <laughs> There's one Bob Evans, and he had a place in Oklahoma, and that was it. <laughs> what is the over under on how many times Baker Mayfield left Oklahoma for non football related? They got trips? a Denny's here. <laughs> There are two guys named Denny? Probably, really? The, the manager at that Bob Evans is probably named Bob, and he's like, well, this is Bob's place. Y'all got a GameStop up here? He's so humble for having that restaurant. What a nice guy. And then Baker Bob. Mayfield brings an RV to camp for some reason. He buys an RV, and I don't understand That's why. Bad he, purchase. He's sleeping in the RV? Yeah, all the quarterbacks With are. the other quarterbacks. Because camp's not uncomfortable enough. Let's poop in a plastic shed and sleep next to it. $33 million decision there, Baker Mayfield. The rest of them are getting, like, big screen TVs. They have, like, double mattresses. These guys are sleeping on three-inch cots in an RV. Maybe they can empty it like the Dave Matthews bus. <laughs> that would be appropriate for Cleveland. Yeah, some of the beds on that thing are like the changing tables in the bathrooms. Yeah, I know. Just fold out from the wall. Like oh, no this will be comfortable. Yeah, there's no support. Like, you know, where Hideki Matsui used to sleep when he was playing baseball in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> like in Kramer's dresser. Uh, Baker Mayfield, here's my prediction. He'll be broke before AB, but instead of spending it all on private jets, he's going to blow it on jet skis and four-wheelers mm-hmm. right no question he is such maybe he'll buy a bob evans <laughs> you know he... they do well they they're this is a great chain guys he's just gonna buy like vintage transams he's the kind of guy that would do that right y'all got a hosses here i had no idea that was a chain that's a chain hugh then tells the players that they're not gonna have the brown stripe on their helmet the famous stripe, right? That, that goes. It's more of a streak. That's what it's they like call a strip. the decoration. There, more of a skid mark. He said, "You got to earn your stripes on the Browns." This is the coach <laughs> who has one win in two years, <laughs> telling the players they have to earn their stripe. He what should I'm be- telling you guys is I don't have a stripe yet, <laughs> and if I don't have one, he shouldn't be allowed to wear pants. <laughs> that guy hasn't earned any clothing. Do you think he has those sweatpants, you know, but instead of juicy, it just says browns on the back? (laughs) That'd be nice if he had those. He's got a big bald head. He can just put his own stripe down his head once they actually win another game. He, uh, Hugh Jackson then gets on Baker Mayfield for sleeping in because the $33 million quarterback's just sleeping in. What time do you normally get up in the morning? 
I was a little bit later this morning. No, no, I know. But no, what time do you normally come over? Depends on when we start. Huh? Try and get in about two hours before. Okay. You ever come in with uh, your boy Five? He does, he does his own little workouts in the morning. Where's your own little workout in the morning? Huh? Where's your own little workout in the morning? You start starting your career how you want to. You see what I'm saying? It's, it's a competition in everything you do, baby. You know how to do it. Why not? <laughs> you know, it doesn't help. <laughs> He's telling Baker Mayfield, be like Tyrod. Oh, it's so sad. Like, you, you, There's no enthusiasm in that chant nope. in the background either. There's the, the one sad Tyrod Taylor. Well... <laughs> they got that bank of fans. The you know, the owner just went to that like the homeless guy that told him to draft Johnny Manziel a couple of years ago. He's like, can you round up a few buddies and come over and do some cheers? No, no, Bob the, Evans. The guys on me. that come are on. usually on the side of the road holding up those jewelry store signs. <laughs> can you guys just come over and chant Tyrod? Oh my He's god! Like, well, look, I get up in the morning early. I start deadlifting the septic tank. How I about when you get a quick jog to this place, Bob Evans? I don't know if you've heard of it. I'm really about- chic. He's like, when do you get here? He's like, it depends what time things start. He's like, yeah, but, but when do you get here? He's like, about two hours before that. I'll bet you $1,000. No, There's no way. way he gets there no two way. hours before they have to be there. No, this guy is thinking, I'm going to listen to the dude who's going to be out of here on Columbus Day. Like Baker Mayfield <laughs> right. is thinking to himself, what, you're my boss? Really? This is cute. Then this they, is cute. They uh, they show uh, linebacker. Is it linebacker Carl Nassib? Is he a linebacker? Is that what he is? Uh, he's, a he's a defensive lineman. Defensive yeah, okay. Uh, he has this financial advisor meeting <laughs> with some of the players, right? Look out, Warren Buffett. Carl has figured out compound interest. Now, can you play any of this clip? Because he's swearing a lot. I, I Yeah, I can't because he is swearing a lot. Um but he really looked like he, he, he got through to all of those players he was describing compound interest to. They look like they're looking at him like a dog looks at you after you do that blanket trick and then <laughs> run away. They're all like looking at him like, what are you uh, talking about, dude? Yes, compound interest. If you don't spend your money on stupid stuff, you'll make more money and then exponentially more money. They're like, I don't believe you. <laughs> One a guy goes, just nope. flew into my mouth. <laughs> I don't believe you at all. So I can make it rain twice <laughs> in a night? But then he was, it was it, like the phony math that he was doing. Who makes 10% interest every year? Like he was just like, all you got to do is keep it in the bank. What kind of return does he think he's getting from I, the bank? I, it's, yeah, it, it, it's a little more involved than the way he was breaking it down. This may surprise you, but Carl Nassib, not exactly even Jim Cramer level of smart. Well, maybe he just read The Richest Man in Babylon. Greg Williams, their defensive coordinator. How miserable is that guy? Ugh. Yeah. The most miserable? He tells the team at one point, I turned down seven other jobs to be here because I want to be here. Like, he didn't tell you that those seven other jobs was like, I could have been the clerk at the Holiday Inn. (laughs) Shift manager to Bob Evans. (laughs) (laughs) And then he tells him, he's like, I was an a-hole last year when I got here. I don't want to be that guy again unless you make me bring him back. So he's got like an alter ego, apparently, that pops out like bad Greg Williams. <laughs> yeah, the bad Greg Williams is the guy that puts the bounties on everybody else's head. That's bad Greg Williams. Yeah, that's bounty yeah. guy. Yeah. The bounty guy. I got news for you, Coach Laryngitis. You're an a-hole for not taking any of those seven jobs if they were in football. Somebody give I that was guy on the ground lozenge. floor at this RV store. I'm telling you, I had a great thing going. <laughs> so then they show Jarvis Landry arrive, and he's at oh. practice, and he says, bless him. To everything that happens. Oh, bless him. Oh, bless him. Bless him. Bless him. Now. Bless him. Go on and bless him now. It's a great bless him. Bless that man. Great play. 
Bless him. Bless him. Go Have you ever seen a guy him, more cognizant of the fact that the cameras are on him all the time than That Jarvis being Landry. said, that dude's a stud. He, oh, he's incredible. That dude is such a good receiver. But he goes from bless him, bless him, to his first wide receiver meeting where he's like, I can't believe I'm on the Browns. If you're not hurt, like if your hamstring ain't falling off the bone, your leg ain't broke, I don't know, like you should be practicing. Like straight up. Like that's weakness and contagious as don't be in this room, bro. Thinking in the past and that's why the past has been like it is, bro. That's over with here, bro. If you can practice, practice. You can't get no better. Ain't nobody going to get better by being on the sideline if you ain't Hurt. Yeah, he uh so he last went, blessing time I tell y'all blessing mother blessings. Mother blessers. He went from bless him to dropping F bombs nonstop in one practice. It took him one day to lose his religion <laughs> in Cleveland. It was uh twelve beeps and thirty four seconds is what McLaughlin counted when we played that on Madden show yesterday. I mean that's incredible. Six bras too. It's impressive. Six bras. So Bruh. that that became sort of the crux of this episode. Uh, apparently, Browns players just don't practice. They get a hangnail, and they decide to take three days off. So then they show this coaches meeting where Hugh Jackson is <laughs> sitting at the head of the table, oh. and all the assistant coaches, four of them look like Philip Seymour Hoffman characters <laughs> from like different <laughs> movies. Rain dance! <clears throat> just overweight, <clears throat> sloppy. Nobody's shirt is like even crisp. They're all like... No, mustard the, stains. The collars are all like wrinkly and bent, and they're all just... I mean, they look like the frumpiest bunch of dopes. <laughs> and Five guys you'd see at a Bob Evans. Yeah. Oh, it's just like, awful. The running backs coach is like, <clears throat> I have a question. <laughs> uh, Where are the running backs? Can, Do we have any? You make some running backs practice? Because <laughs> I'm having a hard time figuring out what to do every day. And then Hugh Jackson basically says, you know what? No. That's how we do things around here. And uh, I'm the head coach. And Todd Haley is like, what the? I just I I have an opinion on it, and and we're we need to get so much done, you know. And and I know I said that to you, and we joke about it. But if we live in our fears, I mean, our team has to get mentally tougher and be able to fight through the that we got to fight through. We got to change this drastically. And if we got guys that haven't done sitting around doing nothing you know it, i just don't know how we're gonna do it well i respect you saying that i mean i used to sit in the same I mean, chair Joe, let me I'm finish whoa, whoa, let me finish uh -oh. i used to uh -oh. sit in the uh -oh. same chair as you guys said it and mm -hmm. i used to feel the same way i just want to kill them okay until all of a sudden i sat in this chair and then they're not there and you don't get them to practice and you can't get them through and then you don't have them for three weeks and i'm not living in my fears that's real and i think we all can appreciate that Anything else? Todd Haley just starts sighing. Now, he rips team. his hat off. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, listen. I'm excited about what you're doing. I'm going to say uh, it again. But the chair I sit in, a little different than the chair you guys sit in. I get to watch from a different lens. Okay, and I, think I get you guys to watch us lose from over here. At the end of the day, <laughs> I get to drive this bus. Different. And I'm going to get right it the way lunch. I want it. That's period. That's just how it works. Okay? Al, used to, Al taught me a long time ago. You know, what, what is it, Al? Give it to me. Your team, you do whatever the hell you want. When it's your team, you do whatever the hell you want. Okay, so this one's mine. So that's just the way it's going to be. Oh my God! When you saw Haley's face, like it loses a little something when you're trying to be 
when you're trying to emphasize your point and what you're slamming down is the floppy fishing hat. Yeah. It loses a little starch there, but you're already disgust, face palming in he, your first meeting. He did a great job holding back the fact that you know, he's looking at Hugh Jackson and saying, okay, I sucked in Kansas City. I won 10 games in a season once, Hugh. Yeah. Look at you. I know. In my I worst season, you. I got fired and I won four more games than you have in your career in my worst season. You are not a good coach. <laughs> not good. I predict Todd Haley is the head coach of the Browns by week 12. Oh, sooner than that. Now guys, I'm you know our team motto. That. When the going gets tough, we go lay down. <laughs> Everyone knows that. I just love the trainer in the background. That scene opens up, like you said, with the running back coach who's all mad because he has nobody. He has no running backs to the practice. The running back coach who did his own laundry. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Game of Thrones. He has a scroll, and he just lets this list of injured players come out, and the coaches are just, like you said, face-palming, head in hands. What are we going to do today? Are we even going to go out there? The guys have to practice hurt. They have to practice getting through pain and enduring things, getting past these adverse situations that's part of it the assistant coaches are all beside themselves as Hugh Jackson is just sitting up there blissfully like this is what it is okay he's got that kind of half smile on his face all the time like it's gonna be okay everything's gonna be no it is not no idea what he's doing you know, and, and in Cleveland right now they're looking at Todd Haley and they're saying like they're saying after this show they're saying to themselves in Cleveland at least we got Haley he'll get us out of this Haley already lost it Jarvis Landry, like anybody who's come from an, an organization where they've won anything is like, what are you guys doing? Like the whole storyline outside of Cleveland is like, in Cleveland, if you look at fans on Twitter reacting to this, is we got Jarvis Landry. He's going to yeah, be the guy that just him. drags us all the way through. Yeah. Todd Haley is going to see us through the light. Everywhere else is, oh my goodness, it really is that bad there. Yeah. It's not a joke. Like no. it actually is that, dis- it's 20 years of dysfunction in 20 minutes. Can you imagine being on another coaching staff in the NFL and looking at that? Like, what are Todd uh, or uh, Mike Tomlin's assistant coaches thinking watching that? They're all going, Todd Haley's got to deal with that. He's the protagonist. Oh, he's you're actually going to be rooting for him as this right, goes on. Exactly, and I don't know if you had the same thought, but at some point watching that, I felt like this is what it looked like when John Russell was manager of the Pittsburgh Pirates. Oh my like, god! It just kind of sort of sucked me into that. Like this is if I could have seen it from a baseball perspective, it mm-hmm. would have been that. The funny thing is too is that you see Hugh Jackson go from criticizing Baker Mayfield for not working hard enough to giving everyone the day off. You know, it's fine. But, and I mean, look, let's not be too hard on him. I feel horrible for the guys. Like everyone in his family died in the in a week. I know it was. Yeah, I think it, there is an aspect of that where he was emotionally like, sort of. Oh trained. man. This guy's going through a whole lot in his personal life. But that being said, uh, he's not good at coaching. No. There's one scene where he's, you know, he's mourning and it's really sad and he's just whispering to himself, keep going, keep going, keep going. And I imagine that even before he had deaths in his family, he was probably sitting in that room doing the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Because it's an absolute mess there. Did you like the thing at the end where I guess all the coaches have this thing, like a celebration thing, or they kind of wait? to clap hands together mm-hmm. ready and and there's this pregnant pause pregnant pause break you're supposed right. to like get up and go and Haley is just looking at his own hands like I really have to clap here <laughs> I just don't have the enthusiasm to clap their, I their don't team think I is like the Jeb Bush of football <laughs> please clap today's uh, point counterpoint the earth is flat or the earth is round 
Listen, <laughs> if the earth is round, how come God doesn't play basketball with it? Because <laughs> <laughs> he's a white guy. That's a good point, actually. Uh, speaking of, <laughs> that, that's very, very good. Wow. But speaking of basketball, uh, as far as a, a point to the earth being round, uh, Shaq believes that the earth is flat. And uh, Shaq is not bright. That's true. Number you're not, 32. Oh, number, number 32. You're not uh, in great company. Listen, I know you're kind of tall, but he's a lot taller than you, so he can see further to know that the earth is, in fact, flat. <laughs> <laughs> I do have to concede something very good. Points. Randy Bellman and the DVE. Yeah, that was uh, comedians John Dick Winters and Alex DePula earlier this morning, and I think the uh, conclusion that we came to was the earth is flat. Yeah. Yep. Alex won us over. Settled. Finally. That's right. Gabriella DeLuca from Channel 11 filling in for Val with news this morning. What do you got? Let's take a look at the weather before we go over to you and your, with your brethren in the Channel 11 Weather Center. Currently, 70 degrees at DVE. Yes. Right on. What's going on, Gabrielle? We're talking about the Oscars right now. Oh. So a new Oscar for Outstanding Achievement in Popular Film has been created to get people to actually watch the show. (laughs) They're also going to try to stay within three hours from now on. So the Oscars are too long, too boring, and people just aren't watching them anymore. Guys, we should add a category of movies that people have seen. (laughs) That's kind of what this is. Yeah. Only (laughs) 26.5 million people tuned in this year, which was a record low, but the Academy is taking steps to change all that. First and foremost, they're introducing Introducing a new award for outstanding achievement in popular film, or as some people are calling it already, the Popcorn Oscar. So the point is to bring movies into the mix that people have actually seen. If it goes into effect for the upcoming show, nominees will probably include Black Panther, Avengers Affinity War, and Mission Impossible Fallout. Yeah, it doesn't make sense for the movies that are making the most money that the most people have seen to be completely left out of an award show about movies. Right. Right. But also, uh, the artists are going to hate this. Of course they are. They are totally going to hate this. But, you know, the whole night is about them anyway, so screw them. It is a big self-congratulatory hug that they and give the each movies, other. I mean, look, we get, we've been getting the movies because we're in the, the sag after union, uh-huh. so we get mailed a lot of the movies, and for the past, I don't know how long, like three or four years, they have been the most heart-wrenching, sad, they all, like, oh, I know. serious movies, and people are just looking for an escape, man. Yeah, like, they, they're always like that. Just so heavy. Oh, have you seen the Florida Project? It's no, super sad. No. They're all like that, though. And then they, there are people you don't know, or they're not star-filled, or they have like one fading star yeah. who has a minor role in it that helped them get some funding for the project or something like that. Yeah, it's these independent films that nobody's really seen. Beautiful movies, but... So they want it to be basically like a big Entertainment Tonight episode. Basically, and they're also going to make it shorter. They're committed to keeping the show to three hours and to do that, they're going to present Oscars in some of the lesser categories during commercial breaks. There yeah. you go. All right, like maybe like technical awards. I'm sorry. Yeah, they right. should all be on the night it's, before. It's a show. Like, and and as much as uh, like <laughs> I appreciate lighting, I don't I don't know the guy who does the lighting. Yeah, <laughs> I get it. Yeah, maybe they should have like the foreign animated short during the commercial because half the time they have some guy up there who's speaking broken English and he's thanking his wife and talking about something that I have no idea you know right. and we went through the thing and that was so tough <laughs> well, but thank you in this way, and then they start playing the music to get him off to keep the show on time and everyone's like no let him talk I mean they are long oh, they're so, so long. long but people still watched I mean how bad could the ratings have been 
apparently pretty bad. I mean, bad. Will you That's be more likely to watch now that they're going to have categories of like most fun starring appearance? Who is I think, the f- most I think fun? it always depends on like what the movies are that year. Who's going to be there that year? Like if it's Tom Hanks and Leonardo DiCaprio yeah. and George Clooney, then a lot of people are going to watch. I feel like as a woman, I watch because I want to see what people are wearing. Right. I don't know if you guys feel that way. Probably I do not. too. Yeah. Oh, you do? No, okay. Yeah, we got to see what they're wearing. Of course. <laughs> I mean, I think you're kidding. <laughs> I am. Yeah, because guys just wear tuxes. Right. Yeah. Guys don't. Oh, wear... you wore a blue one. Okay. <laughs> I see what you did there. Oh, this guy wore a blue and a black one. Mm, interesting. I haven't seen that. That guy must be Scottish. No, all the women He's got look a plaid vest. stunning. Right. Yeah, the women look you know? great, and uh, everybody's more beautiful than you, and it's a big self-congratulatory hug. <laughs> and uh, as Joe Bartnick says, it's people giving themselves awards for pretending. <laughs> so we'll see if that makes a difference. Way to look at it. Okay, from Oscars to McDonald's, switching gears a little bit. McDonald's is the least popular food <laughs> chain in the country, according to a new Whoa. study. Only 28% of people say they're loyal fans, but it also does the best sales numbers of any chain, mainly because it's everywhere. So even though people don't love it, it is convenient. Everyone wants to take shots at the throne. It's sort of like uh, now they're trying to act like this is Coldplay or something. Like people don't are embarrassed to say they like it, but everybody goes there. I like uh, the breakfast at McDonald's. That's usually the only thing I'll get, but I'll put their, their breakfast... Up against anybody's for quick breakfast. My Best fiance fries. loves McDonald's breakfast. Like yeah, the pancakes. Oh, yeah. The are, pancakes are incredible. Yeah. Hot cakes. They're not oh, pancakes. Excuse They're me. They're hot cakes. Hot and cakes. they sell like pancakes. And you put one of those <laughs> butter things from 1977 on there oh, yeah. and let yeah. it melt. It's oh, nice. Yeah. A nice little pat of butter. Oh yeah, that's nice. And the uh, I used to get the uh, the sausage egg and cheese on a bagel. Oh. They have bagels there. Incredible! Yeah, oh, yeah. I didn't know that. There's a lot you don't know about McDonald's. Well, I don't ask because I don't want to pry. I'm not looking, you know. Okay, so to gum up the line. <laughs> here's a list of the f- chain restaurants with the fewest loyal fans. We have McDonald's, Johnny Rockets, Jack in the Box. Carl- Johnny Rockets is number two. Three. Uh, yeah, two, two. Carl's wow. Jr., Burger King, Buffalo Wild Wings, TGI Fridays, Sbarro, Sbarro. Sbarro. I I was. I, I don't understand that place, man. That is an instant gastrointestinal <laughs> distress maker. Well, the pe- the slices are so big, though, and they're they're always good. They're just grease, though. There's a lot of grease on them. Yeah, I like grease. And I always see them in the airport, and, and it looks good, but you know that thing's been sitting there for, like, a day. Yeah. Got to be careful with the Sparrow. I'm surprised that was fifth. Over Wendy's? Yeah. Sparrow had... Sabaro had Sabaro. more... <laughs> This one is surprising to me, Jimmy John's. I love Jimmy John's. Yeah. And they deliver, don't they? Freaky fast. Yeah. Do they? <laughs> That's is their that slogan. They? <laughs> That's their slogan, freaky fast. Yeah. Oh, wow. Jimmy John's is good. Oh, I also wow. like firehouse subs. I think those are great. Okay. I've never had that. Okay. Oh, yes. Firehouses are awesome. Okay, so we're staying on the McDonald's theme. Okay. Apparently, 89-cent burgers and $1 sodas really add up over half of a century. McDonald's is holding a new contest right now where someone will win a McGold card that gets them free food for life. If you win, you get two free meals a week for the next 50 years, and they say the value of that is $36,400 or $7 per meal. Jeez, what's the what's the medical cost on that one? Rolling large back. with the Mc. McBlack card. You know, it's funny because we're going to talk with Ray Fittipaldo of the Post-Gazette earlier, or earlier, later on, around 845. I was going to say, if we were going to talk to him earlier, that would be, <laughs> like, weird. This would be the Back to the Future show. 
because he he did a story on uh, the Steelers <laughs> defensive lineman Ola Sankanmi Adiani. I don't want to say his name. He's Nigerian, but. He yeah. was playing soccer as a kid when he when he uh, came here, and then he got too fat from eating McDonald's and Domino's uh. to play soccer anymore, so he became a football player. He <laughs> ate his way into yeah, a different sport. He did. He ate his way to a different sport. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah, so we'll talk with Ray coming up at 845. Okay, so will you bring up sports? The Arizona, Car- Arizona Cardinals just announced a new burger at their stadium for the upcoming NFL season. I saw this. this have you seen a picture of this? It's $75, has five patties, five hot dogs, what? five bratwurst, what? 20 slices of cheese, eight slices of bacon, and eight chicken tenders. And if you finish it in under an hour, you get a free jersey. Dear Lord. It's se- and $75. Nobody's eating that. It is a seven-pound burger. Oh, my I mean, God. I'm five looking patties. at it. Yeah, seven pounds. It should. It, they should call it the garbage disposal. Yeah, because it looks like a bunch of stuff that shouldn't be on the same piece of served food. Uh, I don't think I can Here, do did it. Did you see it? Did you look at call it up? Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's this is atrocious. I will say the bun looks good. It's very. You know what? It's <laughs> funny though because it has like French fries on it. It's not as big as I thought it was. It's would another be. Pittsburgh knockoff. I mean, they yeah. take all yeah. of our old players. They're taking our sandwich recipes <laughs> now. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know anybody other than Joey Chestnut that could crush that thing. That if just five uh, third pound hamburger patties, like that's insane. And they cut yeah. up the hot dogs, and there's chicken tenders in there. It looks like there's fries. Oh my god, it's too much. Yeah, it's just too much. Seventy five dollars is it's pricey, obviously anywhere else in a stadium. That's but if you could finish it, you get a hundred fifty dollar jersey. Is it worth it though? No, absolutely no. not. Like you, you better buy the jersey a couple sizes bigger. There was yes. one of those places in Orlando <laughs> called Jungle Gyms when I was a kid. That we went there on vacation. And they had one of those burgers that if you ate it, you got a free one. And I ate it, <laughs> and I never wanted another one of those the rest of my life. Much no. less, you know, in the one yeah. week I was going to be in Orlando. Yeah, it's like that one alcohol that you throw up on all night and you just can't ever drink it right. again. The old ninety sixer. Yeah, the Sasquatch burger. Well, the Pirates have a few things like that, right? Don't they have the one pierogi pulled pork? Oh, I don't know. Remember they had a grilly cheese? Like when Jason Grilly was here, it was like a a hamburger with two grilled cheeses. Yeah, I'm against using food as a bun. Yeah. Yes. Like, Me too. like the fried chicken KFC yes, thing. Like KFC. Double down. No. Yeah. <laughs> Low carb, I guess. Yeah. We're going to double down. We're going to go two uh, chicken tenders as a bun and then cheese and bacon. That's why Permanis oh. is perfect. It's the perfect encapsulated. Oh my gosh. I love it. Yeah. It's what? like a nice one, two, three. It's not too over the top. Some people, when they see it, think it's uh, a little bit much, but it's not. Yeah. It's compared to this stuff. It's like. No, it's just your whole finger food. lunch condensed. Yeah. No, when I moved home, like. It was Permanis ASAP. I, oh, yeah. I missed mm-hmm. it. When you're out of town, I mean, like I, I was out. Of, I was living out of state. I missed it. And the out of town Permanis aren't quite no. the same. No, the no. bread. It's a, it's the bread. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway. All right. Let's uh, yeah, do one more, and then we got to hit the commercial. Okay. So online dating. A new study found online daters usually go after people who are 25% more desirable than themselves. <laughs> of course. Yeah, tell you, shoot your shot, you know? <laughs> but believe it or not, that strategy can eventually work if you're okay with a lot of rejection along the way. 
A new study out of the University of Michigan looked at data from nearly 190,000 people on dating apps to figure out who they were sending messages to. The researchers found two surprising things. They're normally going after people who are 25% more admirable, and they kind of know it. The more you think someone's out of your league, the longer the message you write to them to try to win them over. But here's the most surprising thing of all. That strategy could actually work. The researchers say if you get rejected or ignored a lot when you go after people who are that much more desirable than you, but eventually you'll probably find at least little success. I'm not sure if that made sense, but that's what people it's are doing. It's a numbers game, guys. Yeah. Just uh, go for volume. Yeah. I, I had Keep a bu- knocking on doors. I had a buddy who <laughs> rejection, it, he, it didn't, it didn't uh, weigh on him at all. He didn't care. And the guy always dated like girls way out of his league. Really? Because he didn't care about getting shot down. And he would get shot down left and right. It would be just like, all righty, next thing. you know. Yeah. He has he, confidence. Well, he also just, I think he was like, this is the game. Stop. If, oh, I mean, if you're going to be in online dating or just aggressively dating anywhere, you have to be like a honey badger. You have to be pretty much <laughs> indestructible. Like nobody can hurt you. And on those apps, like the uh, swiping? In a million years, I could never do that. Yeah. No, I couldn't handle the rejection. Oh, yeah. I would be so upset. No way. She's like, you're rejecting my fake persona. Right. <laughs> That's my the best I could come up yeah, with. Yeah, this isn't even really me. My I'm a like letdown from this. Account. Everything looks great. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I've put all my filtered pictures up here. You're rejecting that? Oh, God. Actually, that might make it easier, because then you could get really mad at that person. Like, really? I created this really? nice fake life for you, <laughs> and you're not impressed by you this? You don't deserve, you don't deserve the uglier me. <laughs> <laughs> you don't deserve me at my fakest. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick break. We're coming back. Pursuita is in Philadelphia for tonight's game. Tim Benz filling in with sports. Gabriella DeLuca from Channel 11 is uh, on the news this morning. Thanks so much for uh, filling in for Val. We yeah, appreciate sure. it. Happy to be okay, here. plus, we're going to talk with the Post Gazette's Ray Fittipaldo and Stan Savern as we get set for game one of the preseason with the Steelers and Eagles here. Com. DVE Sports. All right, Mike Pursuit is in Philadelphia for tonight's Steelers-Eagles preseason matchup. Tim Benz filling in with a sports report for you now on DVE. And should be mentioned, Tim will be taking the reins here at 3 p.m. as we uh, get things going for the... Uh, well, are you on at 3 or 5? I'm on at 3. Okay. And the Pursuit cow. is on at 5. Jeez yeah. Louise. So I'm just going to take a nap in Pursuit's office there. <laughs> you still have that couch in your office that I used to sleep no, on all the time? that thing was so oh, gross. God. We threw that out and set it on fire. That was the couch. They used to put that couch backstage at X-Fest for years, and then they would bring it back into our office. Ew, so just think I didn't of all, know that. Think of how, oh, yeah. That's yeah, so like dude. That was like... Think of how many gross, strung-out rockers were just slobbering all <sighs> over that, jumping off their so bus. I was like drooling on the same couch cushions is the guy from ween i mean like <laughs> you should be so lucky yeah <laughs> there was probably yeah some ween marks on there no yeah, it's just like the, sure. the bassist from disturbed taking a little nap and farting all over that thing <laughs> think Dude. of how many alternative rock farts have been in that couch yeah and then as a result have been on my face they and all sound like turn the blue light on, or the black light oh. on and it just explodes oh, like, oh my god <laughs> It just catches fire. Oh, look, Weezer. All right. All right, so... Was uh, Weezer? Oh, yeah, Weezer was this year. Yeah, what what was the song? What song did they just do? Toto. Toto, they did, yeah. And people are now... They're playing that nonstop on the X now. It's all over. Because people secretly love that song. People love it. And Toto did one of their songs, right? Isn't it like a a rock and roll exchange program? That's where we are now? it's just so bizarre. What'd they do, Buddy Holly? What'd they do? Uh, I don't know which song they did. But now they're trying to go on tour together, and Toto's going to open for Weezer, apparently. That's the next step. That's the next just, process. 
you know, get a room and just work it out. <laughs> and don't. We, we've had enough. All right, so 3 o'clock, lots to talk about as we get ready for preseason game number one right here on DVE. As the Philadelphia Eagles, the Super Bowl champions, welcome the Steelers for the first preseason game of the year. 7 o'clock tonight, one of 11 games on the preseason slate. And I've kind of been going back offense, defense here from sportscast to sportscast. Let's go back on O and talk about the running backs behind Lev Bell. Of course, he will not be there. Le'Veon Bell still in the middle of waiting to sign his franchise tag. He will likely do so sometime between the third and fourth preseason game or right after the fourth preseason game. So Randy Feetner, you're going to take the time to look at the backup running backs as potential successors to Lev for next year. When it comes to the backs, are you looking at Connor and Ridley in terms of guys when the regular season hits? Do you want more of an evaluation of them because of Lev perhaps not being here next year? Do you need to get a cleaner look at them, not just for who they are this season, but for next? I would never even think next year. I mean, everything would be about now. Uh, they're going to get the bulk of, of a preseason. We've got some other numbers in there. Uh, but, yeah, as far as, like, next year, I wouldn't be thinking that way. Where are they now as opposed to where you saw James last year? And we oh, saw James, man. Be pleasant. Pleasant. He's worked really hard, really hard in the offseason. His conditioning came into camp better. Um, his his mind, his football, 101 is better. And he's been, in, and he's been injury-free. See, I love that soundbite from Feetner there. Oh, I'm looking look at these guys for next year. Oh, James has been great. Mm-hmm. James, James has been fantastic. James mm-hmm. has been awesome. Mm-hmm. In other words, be happy as the backup kid. You know, their starting running back next year is in college somewhere right now. Yes. Wow. Or Tevin Coleman. Maybe he's in Atlanta. But I mean, Tim, to me, the most important aspect of Connor's game that he had to work on to make sure he was in the lineup was blocking. Right. Keeping seven clean. Right. Because that's what took him out last year. They also have a guy in Jalen Samuels that they can use to catch the ball, and they can keep Connor in if he becomes a better pass blocker. He, I don't want to count James Connor out of anything. I mean, he certainly has beaten, uh, you know, better odds or worse odds right. rather than him becoming the starter next year. But it just seems like, you know, the the likelihood of that in the reality of the situation is he's going to be a great augment to whatever they they are able to get for next year rather than being the main guy. He just doesn't seem built for that, for what they want to achieve in this offense. Exactly, right. Yeah, and I think sort of like... Because I don't want people... Basically, I'm trying to, uh, you know, uh, keep at bay the people who are saying, don't doubt James Conner, and, you know, stop the emails from people saying that, you know, we're disrespecting him or anything I got like them that. all already. So yeah. Oh, did you really? Yeah, I've gotten them ever since he came out from... Oh, really? Are you branded as a James Conner well, hater? Well, since I went to Syracuse, I'm automatically a James Conner hater. Oh. And there was that thing, when Pro Football Talk sent out that tweet, his first preseason game, he had an 11-yard run from scrimmage, and they sent out a tweet saying, uh-oh, Le'Veon Bell, oh, look, I and I just... Le'Veon Bell who, or something yeah, like I that. Yeah, I fired back at it, and of course... Pit Twitter just excoriated me because he, well, even their sports information director, E.J. Borghetti, well, he had a cancer port in his chest a couple weeks ago. Uh, that's not what I was saying. Tim, I'm on E.J.'s side. Cancer yeah. survivors. Tim, why do you root for cancer? No, no, that's Tim not Benz. what I'm saying. He roots for cancer. <laughs> I'm just saying he's not Le'Veon E.J., Bell. put up a poster of Tim on campus. <laughs> Oh, this guy be- roots for cancer. Going don't to- be like Tim. You can use it in the dorms. Like, mm. don't be like this guy. People throwing <laughs> darts at it at Peter's yeah. club. Uh, here's Connor exactly talking about you know whether or not he's being influenced when it comes to no Le'Veon Bell, that level of excitement, training, etc. Le'Veon here or not, uh, I'm focused. Um, trying to prove to myself, you know, that that, that I'm in shape and that I can handle, uh, you know, playing. And all that, so I'm I'm focused 
no matter who's here or who's not here. I wrote a column for the trip today. Doesn't it feel like Lev's last season is already what Yager's was in 01? We've already said goodbye to him. What Bonds' was in 1992. Uh, Harrison last year. It's Especially with Yager and Bonds, those guys were at the height of their powers. It, Yager won the scoring trophy that year. won the Art right. Ross trophy. Bonds was an MVP. The teams were very competitive, just like this one is. It feels exactly the same, but at the same time, you're right, Randy. We're sort of like, it checked out already of him We've emotionally. He's a mercenary. On. He's your own guy since draft day, and yet he's a mercenary. It's weird. I, I mean, I think he's moved on, too, to a different strip club. He's uh, <laughs> Speaking of getting excoriated on Twitter, oh my word. I haven't seen anybody get abused like that verbally on Twitter yeah. as that stripper was oh the poor yeah it really wasn't her fault she didn't ask for that she didn't but i she think you get another like level that. of competition that's not that's not miami beach stripper that's mckee's rocks in the lunch no it's not stripper. i was informed by somebody at camp who would know that that is indeed what it's all about that is a preferred miami flavor. beach that that is yeah. what it's all about down oh, there okay that is i see now there you know how you go to certain countries for certain kinds of food right yeah yeah they like huge arses down in uh, in Miami. Apparently, like that's the thing. Well, yeah, okay, but, see, like, seen, but there's been you know there's there's huge arses that aren't uh, dimpled as as much. Well, okay, look, th- maybe the road could have been a little bit uh, paved a little smoother. <laughs> yes, pockmarked with just, potholes just get, here and there. Get, get PennDOT down there. <laughs> it was like Nick Fix Nolte's ass. <laughs> like, okay, yeah, because to, to Bill's point. <laughs> <laughs> to Bill's point, I was thinking like Jimmy Garoppolo's girlfriend. What, the in porn her, star? Yeah, in her videos. Yeah. That's what I thought that was all no, about. No, Lev, Lev, here's how it was described to me. I go, yeah, but she was just not an attractive uh, uh, person. And uh, this uh, person at camp said, dude, the face don't matter. It don't matter what helmet she's wearing. <laughs> That's what he said. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> He's like, that's not what it's all about. I'm like, why I is she you. wearing a helmet? Well, you don't want to fall. You right. know, like those. That pole yeah. can be Safety dangerous. First. Yeah. No, I get it. Yeah. Uh, the other running back, you might see a little bit of Stephen Ridley. Uh, I know what I can do. I'm confident what I can do, and uh, I've been waiting on this opportunity a long time. And so uh, I'm not trying to really uh, do anything besides that, but come in here and be productive, man. And if I can be productive every day, I'm gonna let the chips fall where they fall. That's- <laughs> That's close. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to let the chips fall where they fall. Where they may? Mm-hmm. No, we're going to do it right now in August. <laughs> <laughs> you went to the Heinz Ford School of Mixed Metaphors. Exactly. It appears. You can take your hat off and give it to chip them. Chip foliage right now. Hats to the defense. <laughs> yeah. All right. So the Pirates, they were winners. They beat uh, Colorado. Final score 4-3 to three in Denver. Adam Frazier, three hits. Great play at second base to save the game for Felipe Vasquez and Kyle Crick. The win goes to Chris Archer in his second bucko performance. Pirates are seven, seven and a half back of the Cubs and uh, five back of Atlanta in the wild card with three other teams to pass before they get to the Braves. And, uh, Bill, to your point from earlier when we're ripping on the Browns real quickly here, um, their draft choices, remember they got rid of Corey Coleman yep. this week. They traded him to Buffalo. So since 2011, they have had eight draft choices in the first round. None of them made it through their rookie contract. It's just oh for incredible. Eight. Phil Taylor, Brandon Whedon, Trent Richardson, Barcavius Mingo, Johnny Manziel, Justin Gilbert, Cam Irving, Danny Shelton, and Corey Coleman. Oh for 11. The pride of that class is Barcavius Mingo. Which the has, pride of the class. I mean, the best name ever. 
Who names their kid Barcavius? Well, didn't he inspire the Key and Peele thing? Wasn't Barcavius yeah. the guy that inspired the Key and Peele? Is it Barcavius or Duke Marriott? Barcavius or Barcavius? Barcavius. Barcavius. Yeah. It's like mischievous dog. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's being Barcavius. <laughs> What's he doing over there? I wonder if he's friends with DeBrickashaw Ferguson. DeBrickashaw might be better yeah. than Barkevius. Oh, that, that might have been it, too. DeBrickashaw Ferguson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you wait till Danny Shelton goes to New England this year and all of a sudden is a pro bowler. That's right. just how it works. Ray Fittipaldo will join us when we come back. Talk at Steelers, Eagles, on your home of the black and gold, 102.5 DV. It's Randy Bauman and the DVE Morning Show on your home of the Pittsburgh Steelers, 102.5 DVE. The Steelers and Eagles... Go at it tonight, 7 o'clock in Philadelphia. The pregame starts at 3 o'clock here on the flagship station of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Joining us now from the Post-Gazette, Ray Fittipaldo. Ray, good morning. How are you, man? Good morning, guys. How are you? Doing good. Tim Benz is here, uh, Bill Crawford. And, you know, we wanted to talk to you about the the article you wrote on the Steelers defensive end. And I, I Ola Adini? Does he have a nickname? Yeah. Can, can we? Jokes. Oh, yeah. The let's OA? Just with, let's just go with Ola. Okay. Ola. Uh, he's from Nigeria now such an interesting story the way he went from playing soccer to football was by moving to America and getting fat exactly and he uh, credits McDonald's and uh, Domino's for for most of that Uh, I should have been more in depth I should have asked him you know how many Big Macs did he consume when he moved to this country? But uh, (laughs) maybe that's a follow-up story but uh, I mean it's interesting I mean there's a bunch of um, players in the NFL now, really, over the last 20 years or so. I mean, you can go back to, uh, you know, Christian Okoye was probably the first um, African to come over here and have success. And now there's a lot of Africans all over the all over the NFL, and um, almost hoping to be the next in line. And Randy, when you see him on the practice field, he wears 92, and he's built just like Harrison. It's, well, it's freaky. That's really why I wanted it to talk to you about him, Ray, because you know it's one thing to have the interesting story like, oh, the kid was uh, you know a soccer player, and then he got fat on an American diet, and then he, he chiseled that into some muscle and became a football player. He ate his way into a that's different interesting sport. enough. But the fact that he's wearing number two, and you guys are saying that he actually resembles Harrison out there. I mean, it's freaky. I mean, like, the, I, I wrote it in the story, like, the jersey rides up the same exact way it did with James, and, you know, he, he exposes the midsection there. and Goes up uh, over his back plate, just like Harrison does. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah, and it's, I mean, Tim mentioned it, like, the body, I looked up the um, their body types, and uh, Ola's a little bit taller, I think, by one inch, but they're almost the exact same weight. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's just weird. Um, I don't know if this guy's going to make the fifty-three. Um, you know, Chickala is the top reserve, and they they like this Keon Adams a little bit, but this is certainly you know a guy they're looking to to develop. And what the Steelers do a, a lot of times, and they're doing this with um, their rookie third-round pick Chuksakor for too. Um, he and Ola are both only twenty years old. I think Chuks just turned twenty-one um, this week, so. They get these guys when they're young. They develop them, and a lot of these guys who who aren't, you know, don't have a lot of exposure to American football. The Steelers get them before they develop any bad habits, and they sort mm-hmm. of mold them into what they want to be. So, these, both these guys are going to be really interesting to watch over the, over the next couple of years. And you know, we we get to uh, you know get to see them in action for the first time tonight in Philadelphia. So, I mean, Harrison was a practice squad guy before he was molded into the player that he would yeah. later become. You Cut know, several from times. the Mac, right? Yeah, and uh, so yeah, Actually, another yeah. Mac player, like yeah. you said. Uh, 
I, the Big Mac. Ray, I don't know if you saw Hard Knocks. I was I was worried about the Steelers' defense until I watched uh, HBO's Hard Knocks, uh, and now I know what a mess the Browns are, and I think, well, we can't be as bad as they are. Uh, but, you know, the focus for me is not on the high-powered offense that we've always had. You know, the weapons are going to be there once Lev shows up for camp, but defensively, it is just going to be, I think, uh, a rough month uh, to begin the season for the Steelers. Yeah, you might be right. I mean, this this offense uh, might have to score thirty a game, uh, you know, in the early stages of the season. Um, for me, what I'm going to be watching um, early in the season, and I, I don't know if we're going to get a sneak peek in the preseason because I don't think the coaches really want to, um, you know, let their hand be known. But you know, this inside linebacker situation and the way they're going to deploy seven defensive backs, we've seen it a little bit in training camp. Um, I want to see more of it. I'm kind of anxious to see, you know, how are they going to deploy Terrell Edmonds, uh, Morgan Burnett, Cam Sutton, Mike Hilton. I mean, these guys are going back and forth between safety and inside backer, corner and safety. I mean, I I think they've got some plans for these guys. I I don't know exactly what they are right now, but um, that's what I want to see. And maybe we'll see a little bit in the preseason, but I, I don't think – Keith Butler and you know his coaches are really yeah. going to show us what they're going to do until that opener in Cleveland. Well, you know it, this Edmonds kid played kind of a rover position at Va Tech. At least that's what they called it at Penn State. Uh, they're calling it a lurk position now. That's the NFL way of the saying lurker. It, the lurk position. The well, new what do you head think? Of the lurk gang. Ray, they've actually had Allen, Marcus Allen, play that seventh defensive back, and then Burnett play the inside linebacker when healthy, and then Edmonds play right. the strong safety. Right? I mean, I right. I kind of think he's made for that lurk position, don't you? Because he can, I don't know, create some chaos and havoc in the middle of the field, closer to the line of scrimmage, like Palomalu used to. Yeah, maybe Tim, but I think early on. I think the reason they brought in Morgan Burnett was he was such a good tackler, and they have they've had so many issues with their defensive right. backs tackling on the second and third level mm-hmm. the last couple of years. So I think maybe Morgan's going to be slated for that job in the early going, and maybe they just want to entrust you know Terrell Edmonds. Hey, you patrol the the deep the deep part of the field. Don't worry about anything else yet. And then maybe down the line, yeah, I mean he's another big bodied safety who can handle that. I just think they brought in Burnett for a reason. They want to get the tackling issues straightened out, and I think he's proven over a lengthy career that he can do that. So that's why I think that he's going to sort of be that, that big backer when they when they go to that defense, and I think Edmonds will be will be deep. But, um, you know, we still have to see it for real. I, you know, I'm like I said, I, I, I think these next couple of weeks are going to be fascinating for Steelers fans to – to sort of watch and see how they play this new defense because it it is new. I mean, you mentioned Troy um, sort of doing that in the past, but we haven't seen it the last couple of years, and maybe this will be the thing that can you know finally get them over the hump and you know get this defense back to where it could be um, you know a, a good part of a of a Super Bowl formula. There's no way Josh Dobbs is going to be sticking around now that we've got Mason Rudolph on the roster, and I'm wondering if that means we'll see a ton of Josh Dobbs tonight to get him some tape and some reps for other teams. Yeah, I, I think that's. I, I think Landry Jones might start. Uh, Mike said they're going to play three. I, I wouldn't expect Landry to may play more than a series or two, and that's going to be Josh Dobbs and, and Mason Randolph. And you're right. I mean, Randy Feekner came out and said it. On draft night, um, you know when they when they made the selection of Mason Rudolph, we're not going to keep four quarterbacks, and unless there's an upset here and they decide that Mason Rudolph is going to be the backup, and you know maybe you save a million bucks by cutting Landry Jones. I mean, that, I think that's 
a very, very small possibility. I think they like having Landry Jones and his experience on this yeah. roster. So, yeah, I think I think Josh is, is probably going to be the odd man out, but you know maybe he could put some good tape out there and. You know, one of these other teams will pick him up here in, in early September. I would think the bigger likelihood would be let's get through training camp, see who has an injury to a backup quarterback somewhere along the way, and then maybe trade Landry uh-huh. if Mason Rudolph looks that good. But I, I still don't think they're inclined to do that. I think they're more inclined to keep Jones as the backup to Ben. Right? I, I agree, and I think Mason's going to be really good in time, but there's no reason to put that kind of pressure on a rookie if you don't have to. 7 o'clock kickoff tonight, Steelers and Eagles. You'll hear it all right here on the flagship station of the Pittsburgh Steelers, 102.5. DVE Ray Fittipaldo from the Post-Gazette. Ray, thanks so much for your time this morning. Thanks, Ray. You got it. Thanks for having me on. Guys. All right, man. We'll see you up next. Gabriella DeLuca filling in for Val Porter. She's got a news update for you. Stan Sabrin joining us next hour as well right here on the DVE Morning Show. A new study found online daters usually go after people who are 25% more desirable than themselves. <laughs> of course, you shoot your shot, you know. <laughs> but believe it or not, that strategy can eventually work if you're okay with a lot of rejection along the way. In a million years, I could never do that. Yeah. No, I couldn't handle the rejection. Oh, yeah. I would be so upset. No way. It's like, you're rejecting my fake persona. <laughs> Right. <laughs> That's my, the best I could come up yeah, with. Yeah, this isn't even really me. My I'm Insta- a letdown like from this. Account. Everything looks great. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I've put all my filtered pictures up here. You're rejecting that? Oh, God. Actually, that might make it easier, because then you could get really mad at that person. Like, really? I created this really? nice fake life for you, <laughs> and you're not impressed by you this? You don't deserve, you don't deserve the uglier me. <laughs> <laughs> you don't deserve me at my fakest. Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. Gabriella DeLuca from Channel 11 filling in for Val Porter with your news this morning on DVE. Let's uh, send it over to the Channel 11 Weather Center first and see what's mm-hmm. going on weather-wise. Yep. Currently, we're at 72 degrees at DBE. Gabriella, take it away. Hey, guys. So we're talking about stupid criminals. First one here. We usually associate the Liberty Bell in Philadelphia with freedom, but there's also a 35-year-old woman in southwest Illinois named Liberty Bell, and she can't <laughs> stop getting thrown in jail. Back in March, she got arrested after she locked herself. Please tell herself- me it's for crack. No, she locked <laughs> herself out of a stolen car. the thing in the world. Yeah, that would be funny, though. Then while she was out on bond, she was arrested in June for stealing a March of Dimes donation jar. What what was the first oh, thing she locked herself in a stolen car? Yes. <laughs> now she's in trouble again, this time for beating up her public defender. OnStar? Yeah, I stole this car. Can you let me out? <laughs> <laughs> I've locked myself inside unintentionally and can't get it started. Breaking in was the easy part. So Liberty Bell beat up her public defender? Yeah, right before a court appearance last Thursday, she attacked the woman who was supposed to represent her. The woman ended up with a few scrapes and a pair of broken glasses. But she's okay, and I guess very dedicated to her clients, because she actually got the cops to charge Liberty with a misdemeanor when they could have charged her with a felony. Ladies and gentlemen of the... This woman is assaulting me. (laughs) Nicest public defender ever. God. Clean it up, Liberty Bell. Yeah. Yeah, seriously. By the way, uh, whenever Philly won the the Super Bowl, you know how they had to grease all the poles so that nobody climbed up them Mm -hmm. and still people found a way to get up it? I, I thought that they were going to put a bunch of Crisco on the Liberty Bell. Yeah, or at least you know some some guards, <laughs> because I thought somebody would would go and try to do something ridiculous. Yeah, what would you do to the Liberty Bell? I, though, I, like? I don't know. People in Philly are more creative than me. I feel have like sex it, with it. I don't know. 
You can probably do that with this Liberty Bell. <laughs> A lot easier than that, Liberty Bell. All right, what what do you got next? Okay, so a guy is busted for fleeing from the cops thanks to his ringtone, the theme song to cops. Story Uh, of a 28-year-old guy named Sean Kelly from Spokane Valley, Washington, who will appreciate the irony of what happened to him one day. And again, one day. (laughs) Last month, Sean was speeding when a cop tried to pull him over. He wouldn't stop. And after a quick chase, he quickly pulled into a parking lot and ran to a sports bar. The cops went in there to look for him and someone pointed him out. He gave them his info, including his name and his phone number. But he swore he wasn't driving. He said he'd been in in the bar all night. The cops noticed there was a phone on the driver's seat of the car they'd been chasing. So... Just as a test, they called the number Sean gave them, and that phone started ringing. And then it gets even better. Sean had a custom ringtone, Bad Boys, by Inner Circle, (laughs) which everyone knows is the theme song from the TV show Cops. Everyone knows that. The worst would be if it it was like the Law & Order thing. Dun, dun. Dun, dun. Son of a. (laughs) Bad boys, bad boys. What you going to do? Okay. Get in the back of the car. Uh yeah, you know it's just funny how like you always hear these criminal stories and you're like, how could that guy be that stupid? It's, and then you remember, well, he is a criminal. Like yeah. it's not exactly like a bunch of MIT grads are out there, <laughs> right? Ripping off liquor stores. <laughs> that is correct. All right, what's next? Okay, I like this story. A guy is upset because he was fired because of his man bun. Ah. Oh! So there's a 26-year-old guy in London named Sid Warred, and he recently got a job as a customer service assistant with British Airways, but at the end of his training, he was fired because of his man bun. That's honest. The company said it doesn't fit with their uniform policy. So, of course, he's saying that's sexist against him because they definitely let a woman wear her hair in a bun. And as far as we know, though, he's not willing to get rid of the man bun. He's not planning on suing. He just wants to complain about it. Maybe the guy's just a douchebag. We came a long way. It was. It used to be if you had a tattoo, you couldn't get a job in a bank. Now, yeah, you can get a job in a bank just fine if uh, if you have a tattoo. Man bun. How do you guys feel breaker. about man buns? I'm I mean, jealous. I'm of jealous. Them. Of people <laughs> mainly, I'm jealous of them. Grow yeah. man buns. That, that's my probably my yeah, top that's emotion. My number one takeaway. And then I'm frustrated and angry. Well, and, yeah, yeah. Jealousy mostly. Yeah. Second, uh, I, you know, rip on them because of the jealousy. Right. And I just say how unmanly and stupid it is because I really wish I had enough hair to grow a big old man bun, but I wouldn't have one. That's I, the other thing. No. You know what? That's the thing. I would refrain from the man bun. The only reason Part of I having that have power is knowing not to use it, Bill. Would be, <laughs> you know, getting to take my hair down in public. Dude. <laughs> I just pictured you taking your hair down. Like in a pool. And yeah, it was like, like yeah. it was it the scene around. from just one of the guys where Terry takes her, <laughs> takes her hair down. There's a lot you don't know about me. Terry! Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, man buns, I, aren't they kind of like on the way out anyways? Are, I didn't know they were really still a thing, but I remember like a couple years ago, like everyone had a man bun. Yeah. Yeah. Except you two. I no, guess. I know. I <laughs> He and I considered getting just fake ones to just clip yeah, on. A clip on man buns. Clip on man yeah. buns. Yeah, but but then you had to match the hair color and texture. And yeah, that sounds just, complicated. It's, it's a lot. It's, it's like a, lot a reverse work. Princess Leia too. It's like you mm. could just right move in it the oh, center. Right. It's mostly just jealousy. But I I see. Uh, looks like a lot of the hipsters are wearing them hippie style straight down now. Oh, their long hair. No, am I wrong about this? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. You hang out with hipsters a lot more than I do. Not really. Or in the same neighborhoods. I like to drink there. Yeah. We'll have to go to like Lawrenceville. Yeah, but they've got good. I like the hipster stuff. I like the coffee shops and the bars oh, and the yeah. restaurants and stuff. Like, oh, absolutely. You know, 
but I don't expose brick. Yeah, yeah, it's all like uh, <laughs> I like it all. Brick. That's all cool. But spray painted ductwork. I can't. Pa- <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can't pass. <laughs> yes. You know. <laughs> Edison light bulbs, string lights, Edison, yeah, yeah, oh, Edison yeah, bring it bulbs. on, yeah, yeah, that stuff's cool. Love those vibes, mm-hmm. I know, but I don't <laughs> fit in right away. Yeah, a lot but of did you ever like wood. go to yeah. a restaurant that is way too cool for you, and they say something like, like, you know, we serve it with this, this, and this, and you don't know two of the things, and you just feel too stupid to ask, so you're like, oh, that's definitely. fine, I'll have that, and then they bring it out, and you're like, for real, yeah, dude, like, I feel what? that way at BJ's. I can't go anywhere. BJ's. <laughs> I'm like, I don't Isn't know. Isn't BJ's what, like, uh, that's like, like a, a pizza house or yeah. like a nail house okay. or whatever? It's like a cheesecake factory in the suburbs. Yes. Yes, okay. that's a good description. Pretty much. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, whenever we, you took me to the one out in Venice, uh, Jelena's or something. That was Kenny G's restaurant. Kenny G told me to eat that. <laughs> I, I mean, look, you and Kenny G. You know, I trust you guys. That was an Italian restaurant. I don't know had, how to order. That was that was like wood fired pizzas. That wasn't like a fancy place. <laughs> That's dude. We literally fancy. got pizza. We got pizza. Yeah, I know, but there was what was the there was like fancy qu- toppings, quail egg tacos first or something. You ordered uh, like a little bit off of every part of the menu. Don't even lie. There was no, I do stuff. do that because I like to. T- I like there to was have some a little crazy stuff on that menu. Yeah, but that, see, I will order that stuff because I think that's more fun. Like, yeah, let me just see what that is because I would never in a million years make that at home. Yeah. So yeah. if we're out and about, let's taste some different stuff. But then it's not like I'm going to be like at home, like making quail egg tacos now all of a sudden. No, unless Kenny G was coming over, in which case, <laughs> do it ever. My Kenny Jesus wanted. <laughs> He's coming to the Palace Theater in Greensburg in November. Field trip. Come on. I'll Field. be back for that, right? I'm coming back for that? Yeah. Yeah. Have we'll, we'll have him on the show. He and I go way back. Oh, yeah. It's VIP a, access for Kenneth Gorlick for sure. Yeah. He's the nicest guy in the world. What can I say? But that restaurant wasn't as fancy as you remember. I thought it was pretty fancy. I don't know. By the way, I ate at Bitter Ends in Bloomfield yesterday, the lunch spot, the breakfast and lunch spot, yeah. where they like grow all their own stuff oh. and they bake their own bread. Oh my God. It was incredible. Really? really good, huh? So good. I just had like a, ve- it was a veggie sub. That's all they had. They had like four things on the menu and the other, there was a lot of breakfast stuff and I think they'd kind of run out of other things and I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll have that. And they grew all the vegetables there and it was on this, the bread was unbelievable. It was like eating a salad on an awesome piece of bread. Oh, that sounds good. It was so delicious. So if they're out of stuff, it takes a long time to get your food. <laughs> You've got to grow like, something. We're, we're yeah. growing the lettuce right now. <laughs> we'll have that it's for be you in six weeks. Yeah. No, they were like <laughs> nominated for a, a national with a, one of those Bon Appetit, like, you know, best in the country restaurant Ooh. awards. That is cool. Yeah, man. The place is awesome. It's right next to, like, between Sorrows and Lot 17. Was there anybody with a man bun in there? For sure. No. What? Yeah, I don't think so. I'm, sh- huh. I'm shocked. I think short hair's the thing. Anyways, all right. Okay. Thank God. Uh, speaking of food, thanks to Church Brew Works, right down the street, I might add, hey. in historic Lawrenceville. They brought us all this food. It's uh, their 22nd birthday now through August 12th. Big fan. Smells really good. You, what did you, you were eating something. The cheesesteaks. Oh, the Kobe beef. Yeah. <laughs> Just incredible. Yeah. You can enjoy a drink or dine in splendor on their outdoor patio. They've got a killer patio. Their beers are awesome. Keel, their brewer has brewed a variety of great beers for you to enjoy. Hey, if you can't settle on just one beer, Bill, Gabriella, get the sampler. That's right. That sounds good. Oh, you're not a beer person? Well, try one of their refreshing mojitos. Mojitos. Made with fresh mint uh, right from their garden, Bill. They grow it, too. (laughs) They probably grow the mint. 
That's right. It's amazing. Chef Durrell's cooking up menu classics. The rattlesnake cactus pierogies. Did you guys did you have one of those? Yeah. I want one of those. Real rattlesnake. And dewy crusted pork chop and uh, breaded brie. They're open for lunch and dinner seven days a week. Church Brew Works. That's at 3525 Liberty Avenue. Historic Lawrenceville. Yeah. All right. You got one more story for us? Yeah. We're talking about burgers. I hob. All food today. I, I like it. food. I'm fine with My it. My favorite topic. So mm-hmm. remember back in June when IHOP changed its name to IHOB with yes. a B mm-hmm. for their new line of burgers? Well, the internet was weirdly obsessed with that name changed, if you guys mm-hmm. remember, mm-hmm. until they switched back to IHOP less than a month later. Oh, I didn't even know they switched back. Yeah, it was like a, haha, we fooled you into talking about us. Thing. Yeah. Okay, well, I guess we're the dummies. According to IHOP, the stunt led to 20,000 news articles, 36 billion social media impressions, and their burger se- burger sales quadrupled. Okay, I didn't know that was like a joke, though. That was, I missed that like was, the end of the joke. Yeah. The smartest marketing ploy totally. ever. Because they just, they got everybody to talk about them, and I don't yeah. think... I don't think anyone knew that they even had burgers. No. Because their restaurant is called International House of Pancakes. Or hotcakes, as we said earlier. Hotcakes. <laughs> Do you ever go to like Kinzu Dam or one of those places where there's like a million carp that you can feed, you know, where you like put fish food in yes. and they're all like, yep. and they just start going. That's the internet. Yeah. If you throw any content into it, Everybody jumps and tries to gobble it up, and they don't care. They just need something to keep the... Let's the, repackage the, this and yeah. give it to our people. I mean, I saw that everywhere, on Twitter, uh-huh. Instagram, Facebook, yeah. everywhere. Um, the Hey There Delilah story has been trending for two days. Who gives a rat's ass? <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it would be you. great if you opened up like Twitter and, and it just said, not so much going on today. <laughs> yeah. Then you close it. Yeah. Take oh, off. Thank God. But your brain is now trained to like, oh, I got to keep scrolling until I yes, find something. Yes, until the new thing. Gonna, yeah. Where's the chum? Right. We're screwed. All right, Gabriella DeLuca from Channel 11. Your first time doing this. You did so good. Yeah, thank oh, you thanks, for guys. In. I had a lot of fun. She keeps saying off the air, she's like, this is really uh, not hard. And he, I'm like, I know. <laughs> like, you guys don't really have any rules. I'm like, yeah, I know. You can't swear. But yeah, it's what, a lot yeah. different than, you know, news. Like, nobody's. Mm-hmm. But I like it. <laughs> She's, it it more sounded like you guys had to get your act together. No, 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 no. <laughs> I up, like guys. this. It's a fun change. Yeah, because yours is a very rigid schedule, and yes. you have to you have to hit on the second and all that other stuff. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And I'm used to getting up at two in the morning, so I'm sleeping in a little bit now these days. Well, thank you for coming in early yes. when you could have slept in, <laughs> and you were probably enjoying that new schedule. And then we screwed it up. So thanks so no, much. Absolutely, guys. Uh, great news for uh, fans of ACDC. They're 45 years old, and up till recently, nobody knew how they were going to continue on. They did that tour with Axl Rose after they uh, canned Brian Johnson. Mm-hmm. They lost Malcolm Young, who passed away. Uh, Cliff Williams and uh, Phil Rudd have uh, also, uh, you know, not been not been in part of the band and now, performing with the band. Yeah, Brian and Phil are supposedly back in the fold along with Stevie Young, who's the nephew of Malcolm and Angus Young. So they're doing the Leonard Skinner thing and bringing in a little family there. And nothing's official, but Brian and Phil have been photographed outside that Vancouver studio. So people are now speculating about them putting out a new album. We got to wait and see. But DVE Sports. I'm Mike Pursuta is in Philadelphia for tonight's game. Tim Benz is here right now. Tim doing double duty today. He'll uh, be... Cranking up the old Steelers radio network at 3 o'clock along with Rob King and Dale Lawley. And then at 5 o'clock, Triv will take over from Philadelphia. With Labs and um, Jerry Jerry Dulek will be the third party in. And then we'll have Craig Wolfley on the field, too. So Uh what will you fight about with Dale today? 
It's a little early to fight about the Patriots. Yeah. That's really what gets Dale going. Any Anything positive that's said about the Patriots, or factual for that matter, really gets Dale into a tizzy. Or suggesting that Ben isn't doing well early in the season. No, I he's remember not, you guys fighting about that. Really? He, he and I? Because he's yeah. oftentimes not too protective of Ben. Hmm. But you might be right about that. It doesn't take much, to be honest with you, which is why I kind of like doing the show with him, to be frank. <laughs> uh, but there's a lot to get to today, uh, not only with the Steelers on offense, as we talked about last hour, but how about on defense as Keith Butler is reshaping the secondary, and the secondary, can you call the secondary primary when there's seven of the guys on the field at the same time? Because you might see that in the dollar defense. Right. So you might see basically four linemen, which would be Tewitt and Hayward, and then the two pass rushers, Watt and Bud Dupree. Not tonight, because the starters largely won't be playing, but that's going to be one of the alignments they'll have in the regular season. Then seven defensive backs run around all over the field. Sean Davis is going to be taken over as the free safety, moving from strong safety. And defensive coordinator Keith Butler talks about, you know what, it's not so much pass coverage that he's asking Sean to improve upon. It's taking good angles in rush defense like free safeties of Steelers years past. We had center fielders who made tackles. A lot of tackles when they broke the line of scrimmage. So uh, we rarely gave up uh, you know, 20-yard runs, 25-yard runs, 60-yard runs. That You never saw that. Because it was Ryan mainly, right? Ryan Clark. Ryan Clark and, and Chris Hope. Mm-hmm. Both those guys were good, good center fielders and they made the plays when they were back there by themselves. Hmm, free safeties who came screaming out of nowhere to take bad angles on guys. I can't imagine who he's passively, aggressively talking about there. Could it be banana angle Mike Mitchell? (laughs) (laughs) Banana angle. (laughs) like that. Yes. And then just gets there just in time to chase the guy down the field. Boomerang. (laughs) Artie Burns looking to improve as well. Uh, just overall, every, everything, you know, I want to make sure every aspect of my game is at the top, you know, and, uh, you know, covering, tackling, or whatever it may be, you know, I want to make sure I'm at, uh, at the top of everything I do. And uh, Terrell they, Edmonds, go ahead, I'm sorry. Well, I was just going to say, they, they have to figure out a way to create some turnovers. Yes. I, well, that's, I mean, you and I have talked about this before. I think the last time I came in, we're on this topic, too. It's no, The defense is flawed. We know the defense is flawed. Yep. You, you know, one way for the defense to help itself out is just get the ball back occasionally. Occasionally. And give the other side of the ball, your offense, a short field, or you know, give yourself seven points as a buffer, God forbid, on a pick six. It just You look at the lack of turnovers created by the, Even though they were somehow in the middle of the pack, I, I don't remember a lot of these turnovers happening. I felt like a bunch of them came against Cleveland and Houston, just like the sack total got inflated against those teams. Right, and I don't want the... I don't want to buy into the idea that, well, the NFL now is just set up to favor offenses and there's only so much you can do, so here's our newest version of Ben, but don't break. Because I still think you can put together a defense that can be formidable and make a huge difference this year. We've seen it. Yeah, well, if offenses are going to be more splash play oriented, maybe your defense should be more splash play oriented. And actually, that segues nicely into what I was going to say about Edmonds because that's been the book on him so far at camp is... Ball hawk. Yeah, you have to live with the occasional mistake, but he's also going to get the ball back for you. He's around the ball. He makes plays. He hits hard. And he's going to have some room to breathe, too, because all eyes are going to be on James Washington and Mason Rudolph as the number two and three picks. And... People aren't going to be crushing this guy for every mistake just because he's the first rounder because those other two guys will be getting most of the attention during training camp and the rest of the preseason. So I asked Edmonds about the room to develop. 
I mean, honestly, you just got to go out there and play your game. So regardless if you were in the spotlight or not, you just got to go out there and give it all you got and go out there and try to learn everything as fast as you can. So that's what I've really been focusing on. Did you guys interview him when you went up to yeah. training camp? Did you notice his eyes? Yeah, that's he's funny he got, said that. Yeah, he's I made direct eye contact. Piercing. Felt weird yeah. the rest of the day. He's got like husky eyes. Yes. Almost like Malamute eyes. And it's intimidating. <laughs> yeah. I like that. We can call yeah. him the Malamute. It was like uh, talk staring into the really eyes fun. of Prince or something. Yeah. I was mesmerized. <laughs> yeah. For some reason, I laid on my stomach for the rest of the day. Did you? <laughs> I didn't want to say it, but yeah. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> All right. Uh, also, tonight, another game that we have to keep our eyes on. Of course, it's Cleveland and New York. We got to see who plays for the Cleveland Browns. Is anybody healthy enough to play Jarvis Landry? If you're not hurt, like if your hamstring ain't falling off the bone, your leg ain't broke, I don't know. Like you should be practicing, like straight up. Like that is weakness, and that is contagious as. And that ain't gonna be in this room, bro. That been here in the past, and that's why the past has been like it is, bro. That is over with here, bro. If you can. Practice, yeah, bro. Practice, bless him, bro. You bless can't him. get no better. Ain't nobody gonna get better by being on the sideline if you ain't hurt. When we talked about this at the seven o'clock hour, what we neglected to mention is once the rant ended, the closing shot of that scene was one real quick, hard, random cutaway to Antonio Callaway, yeah, who just then went out and got busted for having pot in his car. Yeah. After the Browns decided to draft him with the diluted sample and the horrible track record coming out from the University of Florida. I, Josh Gordon 2.0. I've never seen somebody undress a group of grown men like that wearing shower shoes. Like, he was just like, we ain't going to have this, bro. We ain't going to have it. Y'all are all bitches. And he's standing there in slides. He's in Crocs. Todd Haley's trying to fire up Hugh Jackson in his fishing hat. That's, that's why they are who they are. My favorite part was when Jarvis and his wife, they show him in the home, and uh, he's like, well, he's just so dejected. He's like, yeah, I guess we're just going to paint and uh, make the best of it. I, I, yeah. paint it all brown. And then the, the, the wife is like, we we don't ever leave the house, so this is fine. No, we're okay. They don't even like look up. They're so sad. She's basically going, we're going to pretend this isn't happening. I mean, we don't <laughs> we don't leave the house. We don't even have to know what Ohio is like. We all right? sold our souls we're for the sign those, bonus. Those, they have no windows, just windows painted with the outside of somewhere else. Yeah. Like it's the beach. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to pretend we're somewhere else. She is going to wake up. I was there any like Estella or something like uh, that. She's gonna wake up in the middle of a like a, a blizzard in Cleveland one of these days and just start screaming at him. <laughs> Make it stop! <laughs> We're leaving. I'm sure everybody's attitude will get better when Lev is there next year. Oh boy. God, please make that happen. What if it's twice a year against him? Please, oh, football gods, man. let Le'Veon Bell go to Cleveland. But I'm serious. I guess I shouldn't Bell wish for that. Bell will run though. all over us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Are you kidding? Like he and Haley will oh have one God. meeting. All right, how do we do this? We know um, we're going to go at least 2-14. and 14. How do we get it done? How do we get you the ball 45 times that day? Yeah, well, then you make, their, you know, you make Baker Mayfield, Bob Evans, Bubba, <laughs> beat you. Cleveland Browns brought to you by Bob Evans. Holy cow, they how got the Bob Evans here, too? That is fantastic for them, huh? Bob Evans. We have more than one store. Yeah. <laughs> We're a chain. Bob Evans, the Browns of Denny's. <laughs> Dude, that was so... 
I, I mean, that hour of television is just I haven't been that entertained by anything Cleveland since they blew the lead at Heinz Field in 2002 against Tommy Maddox and Foo. Oh, wow. Yeah, Yeah, it was that that good. It was that good. I don't understand what's going on with Josh Gordon. Where is, where are we all uh, just thinking that's drugs? Even Todd Haley, did you see the look on his face? He's like, what do you mean he's not here? Well, it's not coming. What's he got going on? And, And then when Hugh Jackson basically says, I don't know. Uh, I don't have any answers for you, but I'm confident everything will be okay. Todd's like, we're in a lot of trouble. Oh, man. Oh, it's Martavis all over again. Oh, no. How about him, too? Did you see the quotes Another coming one. out from Gruden about uh, him? Oh, a bunch of BS. He Well, he, he criticized him t- three days ago, and then yesterday he was like, nope, nope, everything's fine. Martavis is talented. He's a great football player. You know, he's trying to do a little cleanup. But... It's probably right when he was about to check out. Oh, boy. Uh, lastly, the Pirates were winners yesterday at Coors Field against the Rockies as they win 4-3. to three. Chris Archer gets victory in his second start. Adam Frazier got three hits along the way and also made a sparkler of a play at second base to secure the victory for Kyle Crick and for Felipe Vest. Stan Saverin next on the... It is the DVE Morning Show. Stan Saverin joining us right now uh, on the heels of the first preseason game of the year for the Steelers. They're in Philadelphia with the world champion Philadelphia Eagles. It trips lightly off the tongue, doesn't oh, it? Yeah, it's wow. weird, right? Great it was to hear you uh, say that. Whoever wrote the piece in the Post Gazette uh, today uh, used the phrase uh, for the first time ever: the only Vince Lombardi trophy um, outside of Pittsburgh. It, it's, it's stark, you know. That the Eagles, of course, hadn't won a Super Bowl, uh, and that the only Vince Lombardi trophy outside uh, of. Pittsburgh in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania is now in Philadelphia. Yeah. Um, well, you know, there won't be a whole lot of what got them to the championship on display tonight. Uh, you know, it's going to be a lot of... Uh, Nate, Nate Sunfield, Sunfield yeah. anybody? Joe Callahan? Yeah. Wasn't he a pitcher for the Pirates in the 70s? Was there a Joe Callahan somewhere <laughs> along a the way? Joe Coleman. Joe Coleman. Sorry, that's who I was thinking of, yes. Whose claim to fame was they were getting the hell beat out of him in one game, I think in San Diego, and Chuck Tanner left him in there to take the beating because he didn't want to waste the bullpen. So that was Joe Coleman's contribution to the World Championship in 1970. Punching bag? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, every team needs one. Uh, All right, Stan, uh, tonight it's tough to say that uh, this is going to be anything uh, other than sort of weeding out certain elements here. And, uh, you know, some people will lose jobs tonight. Not a lot of people are going to win a job tonight yeah i don't know that they'll make any cuts i seem to remember that maybe after um they break camp next week uh, you may lose a couple along the way but generally i mean they don't have to make any cuts for a good while generally it's after the second exhibition game where they you know start weeding some people out Uh, uh, my theory on this is not just because of who plays that the way to evaluate the game um you know if you're worried about whether the Steelers are win or lose don't uh, it's hmm. in, in, and don't evaluate unit play. Don't say, "Oh, the offense looked great right. and the defense looked terrible." That's individual, n- yeah, individuals. Uh, and I, again, it's like Randy said, it won't be definitive. And, and I would urge people, if you really want to watch the game with some purpose, watch for people who might help him this year. Of course, when you draft a quarterback that highly, you're looking to see what he does. But Mason Rudolph is not going to be any factor in 2018 if he is the season is doomed anyway 
So, uh, yeah, it's, it's intriguing, but I, you know, I want to see how James Washington, James Washington could play a part. Certainly the number one pick, but I'm also interested because neither uh, Dupree or T.J. Watt is going to play. I want to see this Keon Adams kid. I want to see the Ola kid. They need depth at outside linebacker. It's not very good. Um, and frankly, if Anthony Ciccolo is your third linebacker, yeah. you've got issues. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm looking at guys who actually might contribute to something this season, not a Mason Rudolph or, or somebody who is important but is not going to be a factor. How about if Connor's really uh, come around a little bit? Should Love get hurt somewhere along the way? Yeah. Uh, and, and again, we, I, I, we all know. I think you know James Conner can run. Charlie Batch was on with me earlier in the week, and he said that he has really totally reconstructed his body. I mean, the time that he had off. Uh, but you know, one of the things we have to see: can he catch the ball? Can he pass block? Uh, the same thing with Jalen Samuels, who again could be a contributor. Uh, I'm really anxious to see how Vance McDonald fits in the offense, but we're he's not going to yeah, see him. He's going to hurt. But you know what to do then? You put James Conner in next to Josh Dobbs, Randy. And if he doesn't do well, hey, just get Josh Dobbs beat up and you can go be an aerospace engineer next week. I got news for you. They are hoping that Josh Dobbs, and they're not even hoping, I suspect that Josh Dobbs will get a severe hangnail before this training camp or the preseason is over because next year you have to assume Landry Jones is not going to be here. Rudolph moves oh, up to number two and Dobbs yeah. will be a yeah. perfect... So you keep him around, put him on IR. Studying Jet uh, so uh, hard he pulls a brain cramp. <laughs> I hadn't uh, considered that. Oh, all right, that's a possibility. All right, um, the Buckos right now are in a strange space because all of the excitement that happened with the trades and then the acquisition of the shortstop, uh, I'm still Echeverria. trying to figure uh, Love that trade, by the way. Yeah, that seemed to be a little more impactful than people were making of it. At the time, everybody was so excited about Archer, but this denotes something more of the Pirates' desire to try and actually build a contender uh, as well, but maybe not as celebrated. Well, you know what? When they got Echeverria, uh, two things came to mind. Number one, while it looked like, well, he could help the team this year, which he can, um, I think, even though he is an unrestricted free agent, he could be... With Mercer being in the same boat, he might be your starting shortstop next year, although they've been saving a space for Kevin Newman, who's playing very well, or Josh Harrison. They are not going to pick up Harrison's no. option for 10.5 mil. If Echeverria is your second baseman and you're using Newman or, or he's your shortstop, whatever you're doing, it's, a, it's an improvement. And, and the second part of that is I've always believed this. They've got a pretty good rotation going, a pretty good back end of the bullpen. But great pitching without good defense is like building a skyscraper and then saying, oh, we forgot to put in the foundation. If you've got lousy interior defense, it totally takes away from your starting pitching. And what really cemented that, if you watched any of the game Monday night in Colorado, Trevor Story made two unbelievable plays at shortstop and nothing against Mercer. I think Mercer's a good shortstop. But he's not Trevor Story, and he's not Echeverria. If that's the Pirates, those are two hits. They're the worst uh, ground ball team in baseball defensively yeah. in terms of range, what they do to get to balls. And this guy, I mean, you know, and they say, well, he's, he doesn't hit. Well, his career average is 255, Mercer's is 257. Now, 
Mercer hits for more pop, although he's only got six this year, and his OPS and stuff is better. But you know what? If I've got a decent lineup, it's not a great lineup, but if i got a decent If my shortstop hitting in the eight hole all the time hits 255 and plays defense like that, I'm on board. Yep. Stan, who do you got on the show today? Well, on the show today, it's Stan and Guy Day, uh, uh, one to two. Um, A couple things going on. I want to ask people the same thing. Who are you looking for? But don't tell me Mason Rudolph. Tell me Mm -hmm. someone who might have an impact uh, this year. Uh, I also had an author on, you guys probably know him, Dave Finoli. He's written a number of really good books. Uh, And the one that's coming out is the 21 worst moments in Pittsburgh sports history. Oh, and I'm going to ask people, oh. what the worst moment? It could be any sport, any team, you know, whatever. So, See, Bleacher Report just did that. Bleacher Report just did give us your give us your best sports moment in five words or less. Yeah, I saw that. And then I retweeted it. I said, I can't think of my best, but my worst was the 2-1 to Cabrera. Yep. <laughs> That's, That's be... mine too, but they're well. They did twenty one. Is that because Clemente died? Is he? Is that number it, yeah, it's one? A, it, it's it's actually the, the the book is called the uh, uh, unlucky twenty one, and what they say is that people who have worn twenty one, jersey number twenty one, have met tragic early deaths. Michelle Briere wore number right. twenty one. Clemente, um, you know Clemente, um, and he gave me a, a bunch of other examples of. of did Michelle Briere die in a uh, car wreck? Who? Michelle Briere. Yes, he did. Yeah. He lingered in a coma for a number of months afterward, okay. uh, and then he, he passed away. Uh, and, and But, there, you know, there's there's the uh, 48-14 for Pitt, for Pitt fans. Um, there's the Scotty Reynolds. There's obviously David Volick, you know. Will, uh, Tom you know, Fitzgerald. Living, pardon me? Tom Fitzgerald. Panthers. Yeah. Game seven. You know, that, that was a stunner. Uh, so... I thought last year's loss to Jacksonville. Dennis Gibson, 1994. Dennis Gibson, when 1990. we got T-Bowed in Denver. That, that was, was a bad one. That was a horrible one. There, there's a lot of yeah. bad ones. but I didn't think that team was going to win the Super Bowl, but they, the way they lost that game was so Tim Tebow terrible. is not in the league. No, He's not an NFL quarterback. Yeah. And he threw for 300 yards on the Steelers. Not Dick LeBeau's finest moment. I think he overthought that game. That was the beginning of the end. For that Steeler defense, yep. The, the the worst thing that ever happened to them that year was they were twelve and four, and they knew that they were getting old. But they'd been in the Super Bowl in two thousand ten. They lost bad secondary, but fumbles and stuff. And they go twelve and four in two thousand eleven. They probably should have begun making changes after twenty ten after Rogers car. By the way, we're twelve and four. That was also the year where Stevie Johnson dropped the ball in the end zone, and right. they almost lost to Tyler Palco and Curtis Painter. Yep. Yeah, the signs were there. Yeah, there were cracks in the veneer. And then in 2012, when they didn't make the playoffs, that's when they said, we got to rebuild this defense, but it takes time. Hopefully, they're at a point now, though the Shazier injury obviously uh, sets them back, but that's when that all began, the Tim Tebow game. Stan Savern, check him out on AM 970 ESPN 106.3 FM. Also, thanks to Stan for, for being here, and also thanks to Ray Fittipaldo from the Post Gazette. Comedians John Dick Winters and Alex DePula, and of course Gabriella DeLuca from Channel 11 for she filling was great. in for Bell. She was awesome. First time doing it. Not the easiest thing to walk into and do. She did a great oh. job. I want to remind you, our buddy Jimmy Schubert's going to be performing at the Arcade Comedy Theater August 17th. That's next Friday. He was a headliner here at the DV Comedy Festival last year. He's back in the city's uh, favorite spot for comedy downtown in a cultural district. $20 tickets available at arcadecomedytheater.com/events. 
Uh, tomorrow on the show, Cam Hayward will be joining us with a little oh, post-game nice. wrap-up, and uh, Sean Collier as well. Uh, is Pursuta back in town? He'll be so. Yeah, he comes back. Flying tonight. back tonight. Oof, gonna be brutal. So that that couch is going to get a lot of work. All Tim. right, the the Ween couch. Yes. All right, man. Well, uh, uh-huh. can we'll we be... not call it that? <laughs> <laughs> we'll be listening to you at three o'clock today. I'll be on with Lolly and with Rob King at three for pregame, and, and we'll then listen... uh, live from Philly with the guys at five, and then listening to Stan from noon to two. Uh, that's it for us. Michelle's up next with the electric lunch at noon. Also, want to give an update, Sean McDowell. Uh, things are going pretty good for Sean as he recuperates here. Had a little that's valve great. repairment done. Has is he coming home? Not yet. I think. I think tomorrow. They uh, said five days, so that would be tomorrow. They throw you out. I know when I had my my bypass surgery, they actually gave me they gave me six. That's I a think lot. if I would have had yeah. seven bypasses, I would have been out the day before. <laughs> but the eight said, "Okay, you could stay." No, I didn't get the email. That everybody else got, but I heard he, was, he might get one of the cow hearts. And he said, "If he got one, we could moo at him. Are we are we allowed to moo <laughs> yeah, at him yeah, or no?" No, they repaired his own valve, so they oh, didn't, he didn't it's get less the fun uh, then, I guess, huh? The bovine. Yeah, he didn't get the cow. Oh, that's too, oh, bad. That's too bad. No, it would have been somewhere. Great. There's a, a very gimmick. happy cow. <laughs> More cowbell. <laughs> <laughs> they shaved. His chest and it has already grown back into a field of chest hair. I claimed his chest hair from the shaving. You did? I got, yeah, I just got it yesterday. They we made a blanket. We're taking it out yeah. of the meadow. Somewhere there's a very cold horse. Right. Compare it to Antonio Callaway's and see which one tests higher. I'm finished. You stay classy, Pittsburgh. Don't touch your face. I got him dead, Pittsburgh, all day, baby. For now, you guys call me Ronald. Would you not eat my pants? Ronald. Ah! Mm-hmm.